Happy holidays, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Looking back on my Wonder Years of Wonder Years podcast. Oh, my Lanta Holy Chalupas, a unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. And together we're going to find our way on unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> anyway... I want to review one of my all-time top favorite Disney movies, and it's perfect for the season because it starts at Christmas and it ends at Christmas. And that movie is Lady and the Tramp. I got I could go on for hours on and gush about how much I love this movie. It's so I say that about a lot of thing movies, how near and dear to my heart that they are and this movie guys this movie is no different i believe i was like probably seven or eight when i first saw this movie of course i was too young i wasn't alive yet to see it when it you know originally aired in the theater but i did my sister rented it for me on vhs and of course i bawled my eyes out at the end with trusty oh my gosh um, but I just thought this is the perfect time of year to review this movie, um, especially with the new Straight to Disney Plus uh, CGI version, which I gotta say, I only watch maybe 15 minutes and I shut it off. Like, this is, I don't know what this is, but this is not my Lady in the Tramp. Um, I may go back down the road and maybe, like, finish watching it, but it's just, ugh. It's trampling all over my heart and my childhood. So this movie was actually released in the summer. It was released June 22nd, 1955. <laughs> a summer movie about a movie that's... Or <laughs> a movie released in the summer that opens up with Christmas. Yeah, that's what I... I <laughs> it's more than just Christmas. Christmas just kind of bookends the entire movie. It was budgeted at $4 million. Opening weekend, it made... Two million eight hundred and four thousand two hundred and seventy-two, grossed ninety-three million six hundred and two three hundred and twenty-six, and worldwide grossed ninety-three thousand nine hundred or ninety-three million nine hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred and ninety-four dollars. Wow, that's amazing. All right, let's get into some trivia. There's a lot here, so I'm just gonna maybe pick and choose well the first one's wow i didn't know that well disney originally didn't want to include the bella Notte spaghetti eating scene now one of the most iconic moments in the whole disney canon oh uh, yeah they tried to recreate it in lady and the tramp 2 scamps adventure and it just fell flat for me it's like uh them movie it's cute I just don't like the fact that if Scamp is supposed to be a puppy, why is he being voiced by a 40-year-old man? And I even told Jeremy, I'm like, okay, so the baby at the end of the movie is still roughly the similar same age in the sequel. And these are clearly puppies, right? Unless a year went by and because Scamp is half Cocker Spaniel and half... Heinz 57, maybe that's about as big as what Scout, Scamp, excuse me, I'm sorry, maybe that's as big as he's gonna get, I don't know. 
The film's opening sequence, in which Darlene unwraps a hat box on Christmas morning and finds Lady inside, is reportedly based upon an actual incident in Walt Disney's life. After he'd forgotten a dinner date with his wife, he offered her the puppy in the hat box surprise and was immediately forgiven. Well, who wouldn't forgive somebody if they gave them a puppy in a box? Let me tell you, there are so many puppy surprises, especially around the holidays. Like, if you type it into YouTube, you are going to get puppy surprises out the yin-yang. Especially with the children and the screaming and the crying and the... Ah! Like, whoa, puppy's freaked out. You're scaring puppy. Puppy probably peed and pooed in that box. The film's setting was partly inspired by Walt Disney's boyhood hometown of Marsili. I mispronounce this, I'm sure. Missouri. All right. It just, it's got a New England feel, which might get, you know, based on the time period and everything, it just kind of feels like New England. Before animating the fight between Tramp and the rat animator, Wolfgang Reitherman kept rats in a cage next to his desk to study their actions. All those poor rats. Barbara Luddy was nearly 50 when she voiced the young lady. Yeah, but she looked to be about six months old. She didn't start talking until she was probably at least, what, six months to a year old? Oh, yeah, I'd never thought of that until uh, this. Tramp never calls Lady by her actual name. Instead, he calls her by two nicknames, Pigeon and Kid. Kid just sounds like he's talking down to her, like he's much, I mean... He's definitely very worldly and seems a bit older, but it seems like, hey, kid, like, almost like you're talking down to her. She may be younger than, ah, I don't know. I'm just grasping, guys. In the early scripts, Tramp was first called Homer, then Rags and Bozo? Oh, my God. Oh, uh, the Siamese cats, known as Cy and Am, were, before that, were named Nip and Tuck. Oh, if you guys could only see it, my eyes are rolling to the heavens. In the early versions of the script, the, vat, the rat was named Herman. Are you serious? Was the rat going to have a speaking role? Why do we care about the rat? I mean, the rat, of course, plays a big part towards the end of the movie. But he doesn't need a name. The classic spaghetti scene inspired an urban slang phrase still in use. To Lady in the Trampet describes the act of two people sharing a piece of food from opposite ends. Though they don't necessarily have to meet in the middle. What? What? I don't like that. That's just weird. Okay, I've never shared a piece of spaghetti or, or anything with my spouse like that. That's just, mmm. In the climax, guys, of course, this is a spoiler, but then again, we've all seen Lady and the Tramp. It's on Disney Plus. Go get Disney Plus. It's $6.99. Jump on that. I'm not being sponsored by Disney Plus. It's just, it's an awesome deal, guys. You can get all your Disney movies, your Disney fixes, everything. Even Disney Afternoon. If you're 90s kids and you were around for Disney Afternoon, it's all up there. All of it. Tailspin, Chippendale, DuckTales, Gummy Bears. Bonkers. Well, Bonkers was later, but still. Uh, Recess. Uh, they're going to add Pepper Ann, I hear, which is awesome because I love Pepper Ann. But anyway, in the climax of the picture, this is a spoiler. Trusty was originally killed when hit by the wagon. That is why Jock nudges him and he does not rouse. When Walt, Man Whit Walt Whitman, excuse me, Walt Disney viewed this scene, 
He was shocked. Not wanting a repeat of the traumatic scene in Bambi, thinking that it was too intense. Walt then made the animators put Trusty in the end Christmas scene with a broken leg to reassure the audience that Trusty was simply knocked out and injured in the previous scene, which definitely, I mean, this was really sad, him dying. And God, when I get to it, I'm sure you're kind of, oh God, he was choking up just thinking about it. Nearly every trailer for the movie spoils the plot of Lady and the Tramp having puppies at the end. And it's your classical um, movie where when two different dogs have puppies, there's going to be like a few that look like the mom and like one or so that looks like the dad. Where in reality, those puppies would not look like they look. They would be a mixture of both. I really think that Scamp's height, I think, would be semi-stunted due to Lady's size. I mean, Tramp is a bit bigger, but I still think, like, his growth is going to be stunted. But then, I don't know. That being said, guys, let's jump into this movie. Ah, I'm so excited! <laughs> um, at the end, I might do, like, there's some goofs in there and stuff like that. I know I went a little long on the trivia, but... Um, real quick before I do, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please, please, please go to iTunes, download Apple Podcasts, and please leave a review. You can use emojis for any of the movies I've reviewed, any of the shows, whatever you want to do. That would be so, so awesome. Just be creative, have fun with it. Yeah. Also, if you want to email the podcast, there are many different ways to do so. Punky Power PB Podcast at gmail.com. LBOM Wonder Years Podcast at gmail.com. Those are the main ones. So. so, we do see by Josh Billings. I'm sure he had some, like, I don't know who he is, but uh, he's got a quote here. It says, In the whole history of the world, there's but one thing that money cannot buy the wag of a dog's tail. That's true. That's true. So it is to all dogs, be they ladies or tramps, that this picture is respectively dedicated. This is such a beautiful setting, and I love the song that plays over top of it. We see a beautiful little town covered in snow. The snow is falling. We see a horse-drawn carriage. We see people, looks like they're singing Christmas carols on someone's lawn. Looks like Jim and Darling live in a cul-de-sac because they are at the end of a road. And we go right into the side window to the left of the door. There's a beautiful Christmas tree. And we zoom in on this colorful, round, circular hat box. Got a white ribbon. It's kind of got a pink and buttercream stripe to it. There's a tie that looks like a lot of the gifts have already been opened. Jim Deere got a candy cane stripe tie. And we do see a shot of Darling's face as Jim hands off the boxer. Like, here you go, Darling. This is for you. And she, of course, thinks... It's a hat. Like, oh, it's the one with the ribbon, right? He's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, it has a ribbon. But just looking at her face, she looks like a mixture of either Cinderella or Wendy. Oh, my God! Wendy 
Darling, right? The Darling Kids? That's their name from Peter Pan. Oh my god, I just figured it out. I'm I'm sure like I'm completely grasping at a million straws, but oh my god, this is wild. I'm sure I'm not the first person to like think of this theory. I just came up with it on the fly. Okay, so this was in 53. Oh my god, that Oh my gosh. What's her Darling? Oh my god. Wendy Darling, and she looks just like Wendy. Maybe she married. J oh my goodness, we don't know what the boy's name is at the when when they have a baby. Um, they just call him Junior, so it's probably like Jim Junior or something like that. Oh, she said trimmed with ribbons. He's like, oh well, yeah, it has a ribbon, and we can hear the <laughs> this this whimpering and whining, and she. Pushes the cover of the hat box off, and it's like, oh my gosh, you got me a puppy. She's like, oh, how sweet. And I'm like, well, do you like her? She's like, oh, I, she's, I love her. Oh, and I love how lady, puppy lady has a red bow, and they come up with their name almost immediately. Like a perfect little lady. Aww. I wonder how many people have named their dog Lady or went out and bought Cocker Spaniels and named them Lady after this movie. Kind of like when 101 Dalmatians came out, everyone rushed out to get a Dalmatian. Um, I've seen on YouTube people will buy like Dalmatians like, oh, his name is Pongo. I'm like, yeah, that's cute. Play this clip of a woman being surprised by her husband. He gets her a puppy for Christmas. So this is pretty much a common reaction that a lot of ladies and guys, you know, guys too, and these puppy surprise videos. This is an, or even the kids' reactions too, aside from the screaming. This is the kids' reactions too with some of them. But she, I mean, if Lady and the Tramp was done in 2019 and <laughs> this could... Maybe even be Darling's uh, reaction. goodness i know jeremy will never surprise me with a puppy because um i'll probably go out and get one myself i told him i know he's not big on it but i want to get a dog one day and i am i really would love a golden retriever but i really would love a saint bernard and if you guys are regular listeners you probably heard me mention that more than once but um okay 
back to the movie. All right, now it's puppy setup time as Jim's got, I'm just going to call him Jim. Jim Deer is bringing in the little basket where Lady is going to sleep. And I love how these doors that they have in this house are all the kind that you see on sitcoms where you push the door open. I've never been in a house that has a door that you can just push open like you're on a sitcom. Yeah, you gotta watch that back end there, lady. She, she was going to follow in Jim Deer. And she's, oh, the door. Oh, it's gonna get me. And then she's, oh, it's swinging back. Here, let me jump right inside. And then, of course, boom, right on the bum. Right on the behind, baby girl. Gotta watch your back end. So he's got the basket with the little blanket inside. And he's like, come on, lady, come on. And she's like, oh, okay. But as soon as he goes out to grab her, she's like, ah, ah, <laughs> She's a little nervous, which is understandable. And he goes and takes and puts her on her back. She, of course, like jumps right off. He's like, oh, no, no. A nice little bed for you. No, you got to lay on your back, sweetie. Like, she's not a baby. She is a dog. The only way a dog's going to sleep on their back is if they want to sleep on their back. But maybe this is, you know, good practice for when they have a human baby. No, baby, you have to lay on your back. Like, uh. And, <laughs> lady. Um. Um. And Darlene is going so far as to wrap a blanket around her and just tuck her in. She'll be snug as a bug in a rug. And lady, she was on her back looking up. Basically, she's like a puppy burrito. Like, we're going to just wrap you up. We're going to swaddle you. Like cute but let her kind of do her own thing because you know she's not going to stay in that basket so jim turns down the little lamp and he's like oh almost forgot gotta put a piece of newspaper down in case she's got a piddle or make her poopies and odds are he probably got it from the same pet store where we see a pet store window with a bunch of puppies that tramp is like oh look at the little baby puppies woof woof he probably picked her up from that pet store, so whether or not these puppies are potty trained, I doubt it. I've heard that having a puppy, you take at least, what, at least a few weeks to be able to get acclimated, to them get acclimated to your home, to get on a type of schedule. You gotta get up, what, at least a couple, few hours a night to make sure they go out inside. Oh no, he's like, oh, here you go, here's your newspaper, I'm going to bed, I'll see you in the a.m. Good night. And of course, Darlene's a little worried. He's like, honey, don't worry. She'll go right to sleep. She's like right behind you guys and you don't even see it. She zips right through that swinging door. And he's like, oh, no, no, lady. Sweetie, this is your bed right here. See how warm it is? See this blanket we brought down for you? And he's carrying her on her back. And she's like <laughs> looking like, I don't want to go back in the basket again. Not there. That's probably why most people, when they have a puppy, will most likely crate train them so that way they'll stay in a crate and they're not wandering about the house while you're trying to sleep. Of course, it's Lady's first night, and what is she going to do? She's all alone in a dark room. She's going to go... She's scared. Her, her siblings or other puppies are gone, and she's... Probably was taken very early. Well, maybe not very early, but she was probably taken from her mother. She's all alone. No puppy wants to be alone. Especially in a new place on their first night. First you put her in that dark, 
hat box, which did not have any holes in it, by the way, for air. So I can imagine what the bottom of that hot hat box is going to look like on the inside. They've barely gotten to the top of the stairs. What have they been doing this whole time? <laughs> they were probably, like, standing just outside watching to see if she would come out. Like, alright, give it a couple minutes. If she doesn't come back out again, then we'll head upstairs. Of course... Lady is right there, and Darling's like, oh, honey, look, she's lonesome. And wait up. <laughs> Darling, of course, wants to give in. Like, can we just, for tonight, you know, have her up with us in the bedroom? And, of course, Jim, dear, wants to, like, lay down. Like, no, if we break now, she's going to take advantage of us, and she's going to think that she can always sleep in our bed. Have to be firm. We are puppy parents. Oh, uh, he's like, we gotta show her who's master. You must be firm from the very beginning. Then you may as well just get a pillow and a blanket and just sleep right outside that door, Jim Deere, because you're gonna keep making trips up and down those stairs to keep putting her back in there. And, of course, he thinks, well, I'll just put this chair in front of a swinging door and it'll be 100% fine. She won't be able to get out of it. So, of course, you see from inside the room that Lady is testing the door with her paw on it, kind of pushing, like, let's see how far I can get this open. I can't get it open. Ugh. She even goes so far to look underneath the door to see what is blocking. Where? Why can't I get out of here? The door was so easy to push open before. Oh, it's a chair. It's a big thing. So, Lady pretty much just gives up, like... She just starts crying. Like, no, I don't want to be in here, please. And get, that's typical. A puppy is going to cry. They are going to cry. And Jim Deere, I, you know, he's a great first-time puppy parent. I get it. He wants to be firm. But he's just acting like she's such an inconvenience. Like, we were going to get you and just put you in here. And then when we're ready to wake up in the morning, we'll let you back out. He's, like, banging on the floor of the bedroom. Like, stop it right now! Go to your bed! <laughs> so he gets out of bed, comes downstairs, turns the light on. She's excited, like, oh, he's come down to be with me. He's gonna take me upstairs with him. Nope, he's gonna stand right by that door, screaming at her, like, get into bed. Get into bed now. And don't bark anymore for the rest of the night. I don't want to hear you until morning. Preferably 9 a.m. It's now 2 in the morning and Lady has been working hard trying to push that door and push that chair out of the way. She just... <laughs> and she luckily works it enough that she can get out of that room. Now she's got another dilemma. Looks at the stairs. Holy gagooly... There's a million of them. And she is just a little thing with little baby puppy legs. How is she going to get up the stairs? Well, slowly and one at a time. But luckily after she masters a couple of them, she gets right on into it. Like, I'm going to get up there one way or another. I don't care if it takes me till 4 a.m. I'm getting up those stairs. She makes it to Jim, Deer, and Darling's room. And she starts putting the paw on the bedspread. Oh, let me up, let me up. And then he's like, oh, God. That, that chair would have worked. It didn't. Ugh. So it's like she's lonely. Let just let just for tonight. Let's put her up on the bed with us. And of course, Jim Deere's like, "All right, lady, 
Remember, it's just for one night. And mind you, this bedspread they got is a mixture of blue, pink, dark pink, and lilac. Because when it transitions, it's going to be like a yellow bedspread. And Lady is probably about maybe, what, six months old at that time? Maybe a year? So it's 6 a.m. Lady is up. And apparently it's like, oh my god, it's 6 a.m. on a Sunday. Lady, what are you doing to me? Because she actually goes so far as to pull his feet out of underneath the covers, put the slippers on his feet. He looks up, looks at the clock, like, you gotta be kidding me. You guys have had her for probably at least, like, six months. She doesn't know about Sundays yet. You guys don't have her in a routine yet. Oh my goodness. What are you doing? What are you doing? The lady zips out. It's a nice, beautiful, sunny day. The sun's shining. The flowers are in bloom. She's got her bone. She's going to dig it up in the garden. Dig a hole. Put it in. And of course, she's like, oh no. One of uh, Darling's prized roses. Here, let me just... Put it so the rose is like on the ground and the stem is like facing upward. Oh, here we go. We got that big old fat rat that looks like not quite the size of a raccoon. Maybe a like baby raccoon, but it is a huge honking mouse. I mean rat. Oh my goodness. Of course, Lady does what any dog would probably do, and that is to scare the rat away. Like, get off my property. I didn't invite you. Don't come back. But, sadly, that rat will come back in a big way later. Oh, here we go, right on time. We hear the little jingle bell, and it is the paper boy. And she's like, oh, I gotta get that paper. I gotta get it for Jim Deer. Just in time for his coffee. I love this bit with the doggy door. And <laughs> she's trying to get this wide paper through the doggy door. And she can't because, of course, it's wider than the doggy door. So she backs herself into it, and as the doggy door closes on the paper, it's ripping, like, the headlines of it. And Jim Deere comments, like, you know, ever since we've had Lady, we've seen less of those horrible headlines. Where we see the Morning Post, catastrophe seen as crisis looms. Oh, that isn't good. Oh, is this going to be around the time of maybe Wall Street slowly beginning to crash? I love as Jim Deere pulls his coffee that, or tea or coffee that, um, Darlene has poured him. He pulls it through the ripped out heading and we see, of course, Lady's face. Just, she is so pleased it's punch, happy that her owner is happy. He must be giving her tea because if he's giving her hot coffee, which, did he, like, take a sip of it? Oh, it's all right. Here you go. Here's some coffee. Oh, here's a donut for you to dip it in, too. Oh, um, Darling hands her the donut. Okay, so she is about six months old. As Yeah, she's about six months old. We should get her license and all that. Because she's not wearing a collar at this point. Maybe they figure, you know, she's in the house 98% of the time. She only rarely, she just goes out in the yard to do her, you know, her daily emptying. And, uh, why do we need to get put a collar on her? We don't. But apparently this collar, it's a rite of passage for her. 
it's all about she's six months old she's growing up she's such a beautiful young lady now what is the cutoff date like how long do you have before you get the dog that you have to get it a license and rabies vaccination and all that stuff i gotta ask did they give her tea or did they give her coffee i don't know i think they gave her tea because they are not giving a dog coffee but they give her a donut Mind you, it's just one of those simple plain donuts. It's not glazed. It's not a long john. It doesn't have chocolate on it because, you know, chocolate and dogs. It's a deadly combination. And Darling gives Lady this beautiful light blue collar. It really goes great with her coloring, which is kind of a, um, a copper color with a nice little cream color stripe going down. You know, typical copper spaniel look. And Darling puts the collar on, like, oh, I hope it fits. I hope it fits her. And I'm like, well, I mean, it does have holes to adjust it and everything like that, too. So even as she gets older, you know, if she puts on a little bit of weight, like, you know, when she's pregnant eventually, you can just adjust the collar to make room for, you know, I mean, I don't know if she's going to be putting weight on in her neck necessarily, but it's there. I mean, at six months, or Cocker Spaniels are pretty full-grown at that point, right? I don't think they'd be getting much, much bigger. I want to look up and see how much a typical Cocker Spaniel weighs. So it looks like Cocker Spaniels reach full-grown height between age of 9 and 12. They will continue to develop in muscular and reach muscularity and reach full maturity between the ages of 18 months and 24 months, which is about a year and a half to two years. So she's got a little bit, you know, a little bit growing to do. She's not 100% there yet. Thank goodness, instead of the kilograms, we actually get pounds, which I can understand. So 24 to 28 pounds is right around with an adult. Oh, this is an adult male. Cocker Spaniel. Well, just say that a female should probably weigh maybe around, or a smidge less. And, um, see, I keep... Darling and Lady are just, I don't know, they're not similar names, but I keep wanting to call them Darling Lady. I wish we knew her real name. It's Wendy. Um, <laughs> so, Darling hands the mirror, well, she doesn't hand it to Lady, but she's like, here, admire yourself and your beautiful collar and tag. And I love how it's like gold, her ID tag is, and it's just shiny, and she's just in awe, like, oh, it's so beautiful and even um you know darling and and, and jim dear are like you know you should go out there and show you know jock and trusty i think they might be they might like it too you know you got something shiny and new show it off you've come of age and here we get jock a beautiful scottish dog scotty dog he looks a bit you know older than Lady. He's probably gotta be somewhere along in the prime. I don't know how long Scotty Dogs live. But he just, he sounds like he's lived a lot of years. Him and Trusty both. They're seasoned veterans in the dog world. They know how things work and don't work. They know the tricks of the trade of being a dog. Jack's gonna bury his bone because of course that's what dogs do. That way no other dog can come sniffing around. Like, this is mine, belongs to me. Apparently he's got a 
beautiful collection of bones. Like, ooh, add it to my collection. And of course, who comes in to show off her new collar and tag? But Lady. And of course, Jacques, Jacques has not had time to, like, you know, fill in the hole. So he's like, oh, I don't want her to see my bones. What if she takes them? So he's sitting right on it. And she's like, oh, do you notice anything different? He's like, uh, you got your uh, nails clipped? Your you got a new hairdo? Uh, you you got trimmed lately? What? I, I don't know. She's like, hello, look at my ID tag. And I got a collar too. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought there was something different about you. At least Jock is about the same size as that hole. So the majority of his bottom covers the hole. So she can't tell that there's any bones there. Oh, when she says, "Have you? do you notice anything different? The first thing is like, oh, you've had a bath. She's not gonna come right out and say it. She's gonna make him work for that. Like, oh, uh, you've had your nails clipped. And she's like, mm-mm. I love how uh, Jock's back feet are like trying to fill in the hole as he's still sitting on it. Cause he keeps, she keeps like turning around him in a circle. And he keeps like turning his head. Cause he doesn't want to like move his body too much. Otherwise it's gonna reveal the bones underneath. Finally, she gets right in his face, and she just kind of like, hey, look, look, right here, right here, you see it? He's like, oh, yes, you finally got a collar with a tag. Good for you. God, it must be very expensive, as he sniffs it. He's like, hey, have you shown it to Trusty yet? She's like, oh, no, not yet. You know, he's on the way. I thought I'd stop here and see you first, because you're, like, right next door. He's like, all right, well, we gotta go see Trusty. Whoops. <laughs> I almost, the... Uh, Knocked over the stack of DVDs on this chair. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go see Trusty and let's show off your new collar and tag. All these houses are like really gorgeous looking. Trusty's does look like something straight out of Gone with the Wind. Trusty, of course, is a bloodhound and he is taking his afternoon nap. As you do when you reach a certain age of dogdom. So, Lady's like, oh, he's dreaming. Because they're like, Jock and Lady are like right on the steps, like looking at uh, Trusty. And I guess Trusty and his grandfather used to track criminals. And we get this black and white striped caterpillar, which this was back in the day when I guess criminals wore black and white, you know, prison stripes. <laughs> And as Trusty is sleeping, he's smelling the caterpillar and just following the caterpillar along with his nose. Luckily, the caterpillar gets away by falling into a hole that is in the porch. Or a little crack that's in the porch. Oh, they're tracking criminals through the swamps. Ew. So, Jock lets Lady in on a little secret. It's like, it shouldn't have happened to a dog. I mean, it's terrible. She's like, what is it? He's like, well, Trusty has lost his sense of smell. And for a bloodhound, that's gotta be one of the worst things. Because they are known, their nose is like what gets them work. And all part of, I mean, aside from the drool and the droopy eyes, the nose is a big factor. Because the nose on Trusty is just huge. It's made for sniffing out things and peoples and what have you. You know, that was his job for a long period of time. And now it's like he's been retired. And probably another dog, like Trusty, has taken his place. 
finally wakes up from the dream that he had. He's like, I was, you know, he was on the hunt for, like, a, a criminal. And, of course, he's describing, like, six foot whatever. And you see <laughs> the caterpillar still in the hole. He's, like, stretching himself to his full height. Like, is he describing me? And then Trusty's like, uh, no collar. And then all of a sudden he looks. He's like, oh, lady, you have a collar. I love how she, like, lady kind of stretches her neck back to kind of give, you know, full view of her collar and, of course, the license. Almost like a lady if they're wearing, like, a diamond necklace or a necklace and, like, here, take a closer look. But she is so proud of that, and she has a right to be. It's almost like she's come of age. Like, it's almost like a sweet 16, your, um, <clears throat> kind of like your, your coming out party, or what are they called? The debutantes and the, um, cotillions or something like that. Even though she's only six months of age, but it's, and definitely is definitely a rite of passage. Granted, in 2019, I don't think you can wait till the dog is six months old before you get their license. Okay, so I did ask the question, and finding answers, you had to check with your local animal control to see what the age requirement is, but most counties is four months. All right. Puppy needs to have its rabies vaccination before it can be licensed, and you must show proof of this. Licenses cost less when a dog is spayed or neutered. All right. Let's see. You can license a puppy once they have had their shots, rabies shots, which if is usually given around six months. All right. So maybe, you know, they didn't wait too long. They got, you know, the necessary inoculations that she needed. And, you, yeah, definitely Trusty and Jock are like, the older gentleman looking out for later. Like, oh, wow, cute. I'm like, how time does fly. And Jock's like, yeah, it seems like just yesterday she was cutting her teeth on Jim Deere's slippers. It's almost like they're granddads to her in a way. Like, um, I love how Lady, like, helps herself to Trusty's water bowl. <laughs> she takes a lick and then she admires herself in the, in the reflection of the water. So Trusty calls it wearing a badge that only a man can bestow, like, and Jock is like, yeah, the badge of faith and respectability. Just so much comes, so much power and responsibility and just of being able to wear a collar and a license. So the thing is, and this does come up, um, when Trusty talks about his old granddad, Old Reliable, he's like, well, have I ever told you about Old Reliable? I don't reckon I have. And Jock's like, yeah, you have, laddie. Uh, several times. <laughs> and the thing is, that Trusty can't remember what the, his grandfather, Old Reliable, used to tell him. But, then we hear a whistle and it's Jim Deere. He's on his way home from work. That's another uh, routine that's set in place. She walks him home. And you really gotta admire this scene because of how sweet it is. It's just, you know... Typical person coming home from work, boy coming home, or girl coming home from school, and their dog just, you know, races to greet them either off the school bus, or they're walking up the drive to their house, or they're racing to the door to meet you at the door and stuff like this. And this scene is important because quickly, this whole routine 
is going to be null and void. Not only are the routines gone, but the ever sweet manner in which Jim Deere and Darling Treat Lady is also going to be. They go from treating her, honestly, I think they go from treating her as, you know, their fur baby to, oh, that dog. And Jim Deere even at one point will say that later. Like, oh, I can't believe you've been cooped up all day with that that dog. Yeah, they've got such a beautiful house. And I noticed that they have this red and white check, uh, red and white striped um, little swinging bench thing that's in the front yard. That's I've seen those. I've been on one of those. Those are pretty nice. You just rock back and forth. So she raises him up the steps, of course she wins, and he gives her what looks like a little round gumball that he has her balance on her nose. And of course, he's like, oh, what do we have here? As he takes her shining license in his fingers. Like, oh, it's like you were there when Darling put it on her, though. But then again, it's like, oh, wow, what is this? I see you have a new collar. I love how he's like, ah, you're a big girl now, huh? She the whole time is so balancing this little gumball on her nose. I can't imagine gum's good for dogs, right? Just like, I mean, at least peanut butter, I mean, as messy as it is, and it gets stuck in the roof in their mouth, I can't see gum being a good thing. You know, when I was young, I was told, you know, don't swallow your gum, spit it out. But for the longest time... When I was like seven or eight, I would always swallow my gum and nothing happened. Unless that's one of those things like you do it when you're young and then it comes back to bite you later on as an adult. I don't know. I really hope not. That would be scary. And I love how he opens the door for her and he says, oh, ladies first. And she goes right in. Aw. So it's evening time. Jim Deere and Darling are sitting in their rocking chairs by the fire. Lady's laying between them. Looks like she's laying on uh, Jim Deere's shoe. That's so sweet. And Darling is knitting something. She's always knitting. That must be her... That's what she does. Because mind you, you know, he works. So he supports the family of two or three if you include Lady. And she just kind of, you know, does her thing, keeps the house cleaned up, takes care of the dog, all that good stuff. And this is the moment when things are going to start. You know, just by this statement that Jim Deere makes, it's like, you know, darling, I'd say with Lady here, I'd say life is quite complete. And boy, oh boy, are things going to change in a heartbeat. Because, you know, sometimes first comes dog, then comes baby. It's almost like, because you see, like, when Cy and Am, you know, Aunt Sarah comes and brings her giant Siamese cats, there is a fish and there is a bird. So I think that those small animals are practice for working your way up the animal chain. Like, okay, I'm going to get a fish. See how they are? Doing good. The fish is still alive. That's great. Oh, got to move on to the next creature. What's the next creature? Oh, a bird. Got to get a bird now. And then, of course... The next step after that is you've graduated to that. It's like, okay, I've done the thing with the fish. The bird's doing great. Now we got to get a dog. It's like great pet, early pet practice on responsibility before you move up to the biggest responsibility, which is a dog. 
Cats are a responsibility too, but not nearly as much as a dog. You don't have to walk a cat. All you really got to do is feed, water them, you know, empty their litter box daily, take them to the bed occasionally, stuff like that. Brush them on occasion, trim their nails. Oh, here we go. Here's another uh, foreshadowing. As Darling says, I don't imagine anything could ever take her place in our hearts. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know, guys, if you saw this movie for the first time and didn't know anything about um, uh, a bundle of joy coming, this couldn't have been more spelled out for you if it tried with these two statements from Jim Deere and Darling. Like, you know what's coming next. It's a sad thing that lady doesn't know, right? <laughs> All right, but before we can get all of that baby stuff, we gotta meet a new character. So we head over to the train yard. Yeah, we see a dog, medium-sized dog, I'd say. Maybe, uh, what, it's... I mean, I've heard that Tramp is pretty much like a terrier mixed with this or that and everything in between. Basically, your basic Heinz 57. He's sleeping in a wooden barrel. So luckily he's, you know, out of sight, out of mind with, uh the people that run the train yard. And typical is like, uh, you wake up, your mouth's dry. You wake up, what you gotta do? You get out of bed, you gotta stretch your limbs because they've been, you know, stuck in the same position probably for six to eight hours. You gotta stretch. You see his routine. And he's, he's a dog that sleeps until like 10 a.m. noon tops. So, his lunchtime is his breakfast time. Hey, Tramp, we're, like, on the same schedule. <laughs> yeah. Of course, some people, you can't start that day without a nice shower. As we see Tramp head over to a puddle, drink a little water. There's a little bit of drippy drip coming from the railroad tracks above or whatever that is. And he's just taking a quick shower, getting ready for his day. He's got to fully wake up. Okay, so now I just thought of it. So she got uh, a lady on Christmas Day, so December 25th. Six months later, see January, February, March, April, May, and June. So this is about summertime. Because I was just looking at Tramp, like, taking that ice-cold shower there. I'm like, well, no, it is June. I don't think the water would be that bad. There's no snow on the ground in June. So I kind of love how with Tramp walking through town, this is our first look at what this town has. It's got a library with books. It's got a pet shop right there. You can go to the library. You can get a, a book on dog care or animal care. And then you can go and get your puppy because there's a pile of them sleeping right in that window. It says pups for sale. Fuel and feed? And I love how Tramp just looks in there and, like, sees this one puppy come up to the window. Like, oh, cute little rascals. And he's like, oh, goochie, 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 goo. And the puppy just licks the window. Like, oh, take me home. <laughs> All right, we got a grocery store. We got a hotel. We got a hardware store. We got a pharmacy. A little bit of everything in this town. And the tree, the leaves on the trees all have kind of a golden amber color to them. All right, so of course, breakfast time for Tramp. He's got to figure out where he's going to go. He's going to go to Bernie's Grill and get some uh, 
some ribs. Francoise, of course, has pastries. So if you're looking for a wedding cake or if you're looking for a delicious donut or a yummy pie, I mean, you're not going to have that stuff for breakfast. <laughs> but any of your pastry baking needs, Francoise is a place to go. Do you make beignets? I've never had a beignet before, but I would like one. Of course, Fran's like, eh, I don't know about Francoise. Too much starch. That's too much. It's like noon. Can you imagine how many miles I'm going to have to, like, walk off that cake? Ah, <laughs> uh, Tony's, which is going to come into play in a big way later in the film. Apparently, he's not been there in a week. Well, he's got a place to eat for every day of the week. Oh, we get the first notes of Bellinate. I guess they're practicing. <laughs> When Tramp scratches at the door like, hey, I'm here, I'm ready for my uh, whatever you got to give me, P uh, pizza or, uh, you know, spaghetti, a bone, you know, lasagna, it's, I'm not picky. What do we see here? We see Tom's Cabin Opera House, um, sale, liver, liver pills? Oh, that's got to be because it's got to be somewhere near that pharmacy. Of course, he's got a name for every place that he goes to. Some people call him Butch. I don't think anybody, a lady calls him Tramp. All right, so he's got his bone. He's good to go. All right. Well, said, there are some automobiles. This has probably got to be around, what, 1920s, 1930s? There are others that still do the, key, the carriage and the horse deal. And one of those is the dog catcher that is going to be seen prominently throughout the film. He puts up a notice that says any dog that is unlicensed with a, or without a collar is going to be sent directly to the pound. No ifs, ands, buts, no questions, nothing. So make sure your dog's got their collar on if they're going to be walking around town by themselves. Of course, while Tramp was working on that bone, he looks at the dog catcher's carriage. And in the back, we've got a bulldog and we've got Peg. I don't know what the bulldog's name is. For now, I'll call him Rusty. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, gosh, you got stuck in here again? What did you do this time? Tramp, you are really walking a fine line as he's trying to get through the hole in the fence. And the the uh, dog catcher's just putting up notices on fences and stuff. And Tramp tries to, you know, come out of the fence. It's like, buddy, if they are looking for you, you want to wait till that guy's gone. But, you know... Tramp, he's got a kind, soft heart. He's got to free his friends. Can't let him go to the pound because we know what's going to happen to him. Nothing good, that's for true. No one wants a mangled show dog and a bulldog with a overbite or underbite or whatever. Maybe somebody does. I'm sure somebody does. Peg's story is really, really sad, but I'll get to that when we get to the P-O-U-N-D. A tramp like us wants to know what this sign says. Warning in red letters. Notice is hereby given that any unlicensed dog will immediately be impounded by order of city council. I'm surprised it doesn't say have a nice day underneath. It's not so much that your dog has a collar. They gotta have a license on that collar. So name tag, address, the fact that your dog's been uh, vaccinated, up to date on all their shots and all that good stuff. So... As far as we know so far, the dogs really can't read yet, though there have been studies that, you know, people are working on, you know, dogs trying to teach them different things. Um, and dogs are colorblind, too. But, I mean, that warning is in cap letters, like, 24 size font or higher. 
So uh, he knows, like, whatever it says on that sign, it's definitely not good. He gets the gist of it. I mean, the dog catcher's the, the dog pound guy's the one that's putting it up. So clearly, <laughs> yeah. No expl more explanation be needed. Of course, Tramp heads over to the back of the carriage. Like, hey, psst, hey. And the big bulldog turns up. Oh, blimey, it's Tramp. Look, Peg, it's the Tramp. And Tramp's like, would you? I'm trying to help you here. Lower your voice. Of course, Peg being a flirt. You know that she and Tramp have been together. You know they have. Because she's the one that sings that song about the Tramp. And what? why has she got black eyes? What happened to her? Someone, oh my gosh, that poor dog. That poor girl. Oh, I feel sorry for her. Like, hey, handsome, come to join the party? <laughs> and of course, Tramp's like, look, look, look. No time for wise crimes, all right? get you out of here and I will get you out of here but on the meantime can we keep it on the DL with the barking so of course the dog catcher has been made aware that there's a break in the back of his carriage he zips out sees the two dogs taken off I don't know does he have like a, a rear view you know side mirrors on that carriage he might <laughs> he comes running and Tramp who's underneath the carriage grabs him like eh, no you're not grabbing them again <laughs> he does a real number on that guy's pant leg he's gonna have to get and have his wife stitch it up have someone stitch it up or just buy a new pair of pants so Tramp zips off and the dog catcher gives chase to no avail cause uh, Tramp just zips inside a, an open fence because he's in the gated community where everyone's got uh, a fence around their house. Of course, Tramp takes one look at this area with the... I mean, they don't just have fences around houses. They got fences around, like, garbage cans. <laughs> and he refers to it as Snob Hill. You're in the ritzy part of town, what can I say? There's a giant trough on a sidewalk that has a couple pigeons drinking out of it. And Tramp goes over and says, hey, ladies, how's the pickings? And he starts drinking, and the two pigeons kind of look at each other like, what? Why is this dog drinking water out of a trough that's meant for us? And it's like one giant bird bath. Yep, they got a lid on every trash can and clearly a fence around every tree. Hoy boo. All right, Jock and Trusty have come to pay their favorite gal a visit. She's not... Coming out the doggy door. She's not coming out the front door. Where is she? Miss Lady, ma'am. Jack notices Lady hanging out in the back. Head out on her paws. Looking very depressed. Not even willing to drink water from her personalized doggy dish. Which the birds are just having a great old time drinking the water, bathing in it. And Jack's like, oh, Lassie, here you are. And he's like, just a bonnie bra, bright day, uh, uh, day, uh, you know, Tracy, uh, she's, uh, we gotta cheer this girl up. And Tracy goes over to him, oh, Miss Lady, is something, something wrong with you? And of course, Jack's like, yes, if someone's been mistreating you, like, yeah, oh, yeah, they'll beat him up, definitely. Jock may be short in stature, but what he lacks in height, he makes up for in teeth. So Lady's like, no, Jock, it's it's not that. I mean, it's something I've done, I guess. I mean, and she kind of regales the situation of what happened. 
And she's like, you? Like, what could you have done? She's like, well, it's got to be me. I mean, Jim Deere and Darling are acting so... And she barely has time to finish that sentence as we hear Darling humming a lullaby. Oh, boy, here we go. We know where this is going. And, and Jock and Trusty, honestly, are familiar with that. Lady isn't. She's a newbie in the, in the baby and department. They even have a greenhouse on their property. That's cute. So they move around to the side of the ho- the back of the house, you know, out of uh, earshot from Darling, who's uh, nesting or whatever. She's putting a potted plant on the windowsill, making things look nice, getting ready for baby. Okay, so the first thing she notices a little bit different is when Jim Deere came home, it was around 5 o'clock, you saw their interaction when she raced to meet him as he's walking up the sidewalk and he's like, oh, come on, I'll race you home. And, well, yeah, that that's gone for now. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Well, it lasted. And he's coming up the uh, the walkway there and she's like, oh, rrr, rrr, I'm so excited to see you. And he's like, no, down, down. Doesn't greet her, just no, down, don't touch me. And at that, she even cocks her head like, what in the what? This isn't our normal routine. You usually pat me on the head, and then I beat you up the stairs, and then you put a gumdrop on my nose. Oh, she zips up there on the, the stairs of the porch, you know, standing on her hind feet, waiting for that gumdrop, and he just walks right past her into the house. I don't got time for you today, girl. No time. And of course, he's an expectant father, so he's gonna be like, Honey, honey, are you okay? Are you okay? And she's like, well, yeah, of course I am. Why shouldn't I be? So Lady races to the other side of the house and goes right through the doggy door. You catch the rest of the conversation that Jim Deere and Darling are having. He's like, well, I just can't help worrying. I mean, after all, in your condition, alone in the house all day with that dog. Oh, he's like, and walking that dog. Like, granted, I get it. It's the 20s or 30s. Women were considered delicate when they were with child. Walking a dog could probably be seen as strenuous, like you don't want to do anything to upset your health or endanger the baby. Heaven forbid she pulls too hard on the leash, you fall down, and something happens. But it's like, she's a cocker spaniel, right? I mean, it's not a big deal. If you don't want to walk her, fine. Go out to the back porch. Toss a ball around for an hour or so. You're not going to risk your baby's health by throwing a ball back and forth. It'll be fine. Just as long as she's getting some form of exercise. The look of shock when she hears Jim Deere utter the words, that dog. Not using her name, just that dog. And even Jock and Trusty, because we switch back to the present, and they're like, that dog? Like, it's such an insult. Lady's just so confused. I mean, she's like, he's never called me that before. She's like, she's blaming herself. Like, what did I do? I've always been on my best behavior. never, you know, been on a line in any way where they've had to scold me. And I'm like, sweetie, it's nothing that you've done. They're so preoccupied with this expecting their their first child, of course. So, of course, they're going to be nervous, you know, being soon to be new parents. But you don't neglect your duties of taking care of your dog. 
sadly, if this were, I mean, I don't know if people are still doing it where sometimes people zip out, get a dog, they'll have a baby and realize, well, I can't do both. So one of you, it's clearly the baby's not going to leave, but you know, I can't take care of you anymore. Like, and then you find the dogs on Craigslist. I mean, it's one thing if you have an allergy, I guess, and just, I don't know, but come on guys. A dog is for life. It's not until you have a baby. It's not until you get tired of it. They are for life. A dog is a 12 to 13 to 14 or more year commitment. But just pretty much telling the lady, like, I wouldn't worry my wee head about that. I mean, remember, they're only humans after all. As in, that's okay that's like, excuses their actions. Like, oh, they're only humans. I mean, they make mistakes. It's not like they don't feed you. I mean, they still feed you, right? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> that didn't, that conversation didn't take place. It's like, first it's not walking the dog. Then it's like, oh, well, I don't want to pick up your poop outside. Oh, well, I forgot to feed her. I guess I'll feed her at nine o'clock at night when I should have fed her at like eight in the morning. Oh. Of course, we get another trusty and, oh, it's old reliable, used to say, uh, oh, I don't think I've ever mentioned old reliable, have I? And, of course, Chuck's like, oh, you have, Lottie, several times. We don't need to hear about him again. All right, so that was the issue with Jim Deer. Now we're going to get to Darling, and uh, Lady's having an issue with Darling now. She's like, well, we've always enjoyed our afternoon romp together. Yesterday... And it looks to be about 4 o'clock, so, you know, an hour before Jim Deer gets home. Right on schedule. Lady's got her leash in her mouth, like, hey, I'm ready to go for a walk. It's our time. She's been cooped up in the house or the backyard. She wants to get out and do stuff. She wants to go out and get some real fresh air. See the sights. Check out the neighborhood. Granted, of course, Darling has other plans. She just wants to sit in her chair hum lullabies, and work on something with pink yarn. And Lady, she's so, like, I, I just want to go on my walk. See, I got my leash. You don't even have to get up and get it. I have it here. All you got to do is clip it to my collar, and I'm ready to go. She's making pink booties. Wonderful. What if you have a boy? Which, whatever. It's cool. This is back in the day that you don't know what baby you're having or gender you're having until that baby comes out of you. It's like, oh, it's a this, it's a that. The lady goes so far as like, oh, perhaps you didn't see the leash. Share me, let me uh, nudge it right, uh, right on your shoe. Uh, now you see it, right? Right? And she wags her tail like, come on, come on. Let's go. Let's go. We got like less than an hour now. Jim Deere's going to be home in like but she can make dinner. Yes, of course. Finally, it's like pawing at Darling's skirt. Like, come on, come on. You see it? It's right by your foot. And of course, yeah, Darling sees the leash as she picks it up and says, no lady, no walk today. And she puts the leash on the side table next to her. And she's like, okay, no walk. I get it. Here, here's the ball. Remember? You can at least throw that for me. That's exercise. You don't even have to get up from your chair. You can just throw it and I'll get it and bring it right back to you. You only got to move your arm. Granted, her arms are busy with um, crochet needles, but it is what it is. Knitting needles, whatever you want to call them. 
this girl just wants you to throw the ball, interact with her. That's all she wants. That's not much to ask. <sighs> Say, no, lady, as she puts the ball on the end tap. Seriously. Of course, while she's putting Lady's ball on the end table, the ball of yarn falls, and Lady's like, oh, okay, I'll take this as an invitation. You don't want to play with my ball, but we'll play with this ball of yarn. As good as anything else. So Lady grabs that ball of yarn in her mouth, and she just runs with it. And, of course, Darling's like, no, Lady, Lady, you're running these little socks that I made for the baby. Stop it. And I think this is too far, because Lady takes the yarn and just runs with it as she pulls the little pink booty out of Darling's hand, along with the knitting needles. And I'm just like, that is dangerous. Don't ever just keep that stuff away from your dog with the yarn. I mean, that dog swallows that yarn, boom, tripped in the emergency room. It swallows a knitting needle. My gosh, seriously. I get it, you know, Darling was just making booties and stuff like that. She didn't intend for Lady to grab that yarn and run with it. But I think this is too far. You did not need to smack her on the bum. She, you did not need to smack her. I get it, she said a firm no, but it's like, just go over there and calmly say, no, you need to give me the yarn in a stern voice. You, no smacking required. You don't need to hit your dog. I mean, it's bad enough you're not giving it attention, to, but to hit it on top of it? Come on. I can see why Chuck and Trust are like, well, if you want to come live with us, I mean, our our, uh, our owners will treat you like uh, the darling, beautiful girl that you deserve to be treated. They won't just treat you like a lady. They will treat you like a princess, like a queen. And, of course, we switch back to the present as ladies recalling this, and she's like, I mean, it didn't hurt. I mean, really, but... She's never done that before. I mean, yeah, you would know if he struck you before. And it almost sounds in a way like she's forgiving um, Darling for that action. Like, oh, it didn't really hurt. I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, I'm pretty much over it. I just, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Which, I'm sure that a dog is going to feel guilty if you're, you're, you're yelling at it and you're neglecting it, basically, probably even emotionally abusing the dog. I know I'm probably going so far, it's too far, it's just a movie, I get it, but it's like, she did not have to swat her dog to get that yarn back. I get it, you're carrying precious cargo, your nerves are going to be here, there, and everywhere, your hormones, boom! Like, raging. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I've not been there, but I get it. So, I get Jock saying, hey, look, don't take it too seriously after all the time like this. Because Lady still doesn't get the big picture. And Jock is like, look, just give her some space. Just don't be so hard on her. She's going through... A situation which will eventually reveal itself. She's expecting a wee, and Jack calls it a wee baron. And of course, that lingo is like turning somersaults in her head. Like, what? What's a baron? I don't get that. It's like it's it's ba it's a baby. She's they're expecting a child. Well, <laughs> Tracy even goes so far to explain the birds and the bees talk to a six-month-old. Like, oh, well, you see, when two uh, individuals, 
you know, care about each other and they want to express that love and in the form of a creation of a human life and this and that. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just nullify that for a hot second there, trusty. <laughs> Just give her the dogs and baby speech. You guys have been through it yourselves many times over. It's old hat to you. Oh, the stork. Yes. Oh, that wonderful stork. And he's talking to her like she should know this. Like, but she doesn't. She's a first timer when it comes to, you know, this is her first family. And this is, everything is a blank page to her. Of course, as soon as she's like, oh, a baby? She, she doesn't know what a baby is. Just call it a tiny human. A tiny version of Jim Deere and Darling in diapers. Of course, who happens to be walking by Tramp? He's like, baby, oh, I can help out in this situation. I got experience. I got loads and years of experience, and I'm going to offer my expertise, even though you don't know me. But I got I got experience in this department, so I can be of service. So Jock and Trusty are describing a baby. Basically, it's a human, smaller in size than an adult. And if I remember correctly, they beller a lot. And of course, Josh's like, yes, and they're very expensive. And he's like, you will not be permitted to play with it. And Trusty's like, yes, but they're mighty sweet. And Josh's like, and very, very soft. Of course, Tramp's got to add in his two sons, just a cute little bundle <laughs> of trouble. And all three of their heads turn like, who is this interloper? We did not invite you into our conversation. Just walking into our yard without permission. Of course, Tramp's here to give you the downside of what a baby means to a dog. Yeah, they scratch, pinch, pull ears. He's like, ah, oh, but shucks, any dog can take that. He's like, hey, that's, it's what they do to your happy home. As he gets right in front of Lady and is like, hey, shove over here, bud. He's like, move it over, will you, friend? And Tramp refers to babies as homewreckers. That's what they are. Jock gets right in Tramp's face like, look here, who are you to barge in? And of course, Tramp's like, hey, I'm the voice of experience here. I'm just trying to tell this lady what's in store for her. Of course, Tramp's like, hey, just wait till Junior gets here. Huh. Who says it's going to be a boy? <laughs> Tramp starts scratching for emphasis. Like, you know how you get the urge for a nice, comfortable scratch? And then he mimics a woman's voice like, Stop that scratching! You'll get fleas all over the baby! <laughs> and I love how Trusty kind of joins in with scratching and his folds and rolls just kind of like <laughs> cover the top of his head. <laughs> that was cute. Like, yeah, put that dog out. You can please all over the baby. And of course, like, hey, you know how you start barking at some strange mutt that walks past your property? And Tramp starts barking right in Jock's face. Imitating a woman's voice. Stop that bracket. You'll wake the baby. And Tramp's like, oh, it gets even worse. Then they hit you in the room and board department. Like, hey, remember those nice juicy cuts of beef? And I'm sure ladies like, well, I normally just get dog food, but okay. I can imagine it. And Tram's like, yeah. Leftover baby food. As Lady imagines a steak in her bowl only to dive into it and realize it's like green baby food. And then to add uh, 
to the misery there, Tram's like, oh yeah, and that nice warm bed by the fire? <laughs> a leaky doghouse. Have fun with it. Oh god, that doghouse is going to come back, isn't it? Hey. That, that one's going to come to fruition. <laughs> He's filling her head with so much negativity. She's like, oh no. Like, here, I mean, Jack and Trusty were doing their best to, like, you know, boost her up. I'm like, hey, it's not going to be 100% bad. I mean, it's going to be an adjustment, that's for sure. But, I mean, it can be uh, rewarding to have, you know, a, a baby. In a way, I mean, you think about it, it's going to be, like, your best buddy. You guys are going to, like, hang out and you'll be there and, you know, you'll protect the baby and, you will know, they'll be your best friend. Of course, Jack jumps in with, hey, don't worry... It's, no human is that cruel. And I love how we cut to Tramp, who is just lounging, just sprawled out on the grass. Like, oh, this grass is so comfortable. He enjoys this chaos that he created. Jack and Trusty are like, no, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, he's just filling your head with nonsense and lies. And Trusty's like, yeah, everyone knows a dog's best friend is his human. And Tramp just laughs like this is the funniest thing he's ever heard in his life. Like, oh, come on now, fellas. Don't tell me you fall for that lie. Oh, Jack's had enough of Tramp and his radical ideas. Like, we have no place here for mongrels and their radical ideas. You best be moving on, mister. Take your radical ideas and you shove off. <laughs> Tramp calls Jock Sandy. Does he look like a Sandy to you? And he's like, no, it's Jock. And he says, Heather Ladd of Glen Karen to you. That's his full name, apparently, because Jack definitely looks like he's come from a long line of breeding. Of course, Tramp leaves some parting words for Lady that confuses her even more. A human heart has only so much room for love and affection. When a baby moves in, the dog moves out. Let me tell you right now, um, I have a cousin that they had a baby about a um, couple years ago before the baby arrived of course they got two puppies and a lot of people were like oh that's just why did you do that you're having a baby why are you getting two puppies it's good practice I have a, another cousin who's expecting their first child in early uh, 2020, and they got a dog. It's like, that is good practice because a dog requires a lot of upkeep. Granted, no, it's not the same thing as having a baby, but it gets you on a, it gets you on a, um, a schedule, a routine, just like a baby. You're going to have to have a schedule. Everything's going to be down to the minute that you need to do. So good practice. Good practice. Let me tell you, the cousin that had the two dogs, the baby's going to be two next year, and they're expecting their second. Those dogs are still with them. They didn't boot them out the door when the baby came. Okay, so the baby's due in April of the following year. It looks like if that's the case, then they conceived said child around August. So not too long after Lady's sixth month. So, of course, may as well just circle the entire month of April. Like, it's going to be... Somewhere within this time frame. Because Jim Deere, of course, is like, alright, just circle the whole month of April. It's, it'll maybe you'll get here when it gets here. Oh, they're in November now, okay. So they're probably right around, what, maybe four months? 
if they conceived in um, August, so maybe maybe four months. So in December, because we see the calendar months kind of start to flip, and we see the dad is busy setting up the bedroom for the baby. Like, hey, he's lady comes in. We see a hockey stick. We see a baseball. We see a catcher's mitt. We see a base. Uh, a baseball bat. We see, are those skates, some form of ice skates missing the shoe part? Oh, yes, he's got high hopes for his baby. This baby's going to Yale, no question. Unless he went to Yale, maybe he's like, I went to Yale, my kid's gonna go to Yale. So, <laughs> Uh, Darlene's like, hey, honey, um, is there a way, I mean, are you sure, 100% sure there's no way we can tell for sure whether it's going to be, you know, a boy. I mean, a girl's good too, but, you know, a boy. She's like, honey, there's no way. There's just no way. All right, so we're getting some names. Betty Ann, Betty Lou, Betty Ann Lou, Betty Lou Ann, Mary, Mary Lou. See, all girl names. So she clearly what, probably wants a girl. I mean, she'd be happy with a son. And the dad is really vying for a boy. I love how she's got a little bottle of ink by her list, yet she's writing with a pencil. <laughs> now we're in January. Whoa. Bring on the food cravings, because Mama's got some craving for some chopped suey, watermelon, Swiss chocolate, and you name it, she wants it. If deep frying existed back then, she'd probably want a deep fried Oreo and some peanut butter. You know, what? what's the other thing? Like pickles and like uh, peanut butter or or something. I want to look up pregnancy craving, like typical pregnancy craving foods. It's 3 a.m. Mama wants some uh, food because baby wants some special type of food. <laughs> so, of course, he's the husband. He's got to go out. Mama wants what her baby wants, so baby wants some chop suey. <laughs> it's like, honey, are you sure? <laughs> Even Lady's like, it's 3 a.m. What are you doing down here? Oh, I just fell asleep. Ugh. I love how he's got his boots and his pajama bottoms and his coat, and he opens a door, and it's like a flurry of snow, just like a blizzard just <clears throat> right in their doorway. It's so windy, he has to like sh <sighs> shut the door. He doesn't even have a hat on. He's got a scarf, but no hat, no gloves. He's wearing his pajamas. So I guess there's like, what, a uh, corner store around the block somewhere that's open all night? Maybe a Walgreens? I, I don't know. Maybe there's a Mickey D's somewhere that's open 24-7. But she wants some watermelon. Baby wants some watermelon. Like, honey, are you sure you want watermelon? And she, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you realize it's January, right? There's not gonna be watermelon in season. And some chop suey too. And he's like, oh, chop suey, honey. Okay, Mama wants what she wants. I'll get it one way or another. Might take me a while, but I'll get it. By the time he gets back with it, she'll, you know, on second thought, I really would like a funnel cake. <laughs> All right, so chop suey is a dish in American Chinese cuisine. Chinese cuisine consisting of meat and eggs. All right, let's find out what uh, is most common for pregnancy cravings. Let's see. In fact, in the U.S., the most common pregnancy cravings are for dairy and sweet foods, including chocolate fruits and juices. Less commonly pregnant women will crave savory or salty foods, such as pickles or pizza. Here are the nine best foods to eat while you're pregnant. One, yogurt. Two, lean meat. 
three avocados, four wild salmon, and there's some others here too, but uh, I gotta click a link to look at them, but see cravings, sweets, pickles and sour foods, meat products, fish and seafood, dairy products, fruits, carbohydrates, junk food, garlic and onions, green leafy vegetables. Really? I want to find out what are some of the weirdest, oddest combinations of pregnancy craving foods. Uh, weirdest. Meatballs and milk. The chalk craving? Oh my god. Nothing like a good bite of sedimentary carbonate rock. Ew. Cheetos and soup craving. Hot Cheetos floating in chicken noodle soup. Not so they get soggy just using them uh, like soup crackers, basically. Craving for sand? Uh, gravy on everything. Oh boy. Mustard craving. The pizza craving. The pudding. Uh, uh, PB and J special. Peanut butter, honey, and celery sandwiches. Strawberry ice cream with a stick of spicy beef jerky to use as an edible spoon. Lots and lots of Fridays and pizza. Rice with some ice craving. Pickles and marshmallow fluff. Ugh. So, Jim Deere has no choice. Like, all right, honey, I'll go out in this blizzard and get what you need. And, of course, when he opens the door, boom, a blast of blizzard snowy air just comes in and hits poor lady full on in the, in, right in the face. Like a little pile of snow right on her nose and the top of her head. And she's probably like, ah, I'll never understand humans. Thank goodness I'm not pregnant and, eat, and have weird cravings. Dogs get pregnancy cravings too? I'll figure that out to, towards the end of the film. We'll find out together, everybody. Oh, here we go. It's February. You gotta have a uh, baby shower. We see a card with a stork and a creepy looking baby with a full head of brown hair wrapped up in a bed sheet. From that bundle. For that bundle. From heaven. That's coming to you. And, of course, Lady is, like, looking at these, like, what are these? Uh, get all these gifts of different, uh, like, one's a baby doll, one's a bonnet, one's a little girly dress. <laughs> Maybe we can save this for the second child that comes along down the road. I mean, it's not like, you, just because you have a boy, it's like you're not going to dispose of that stuff. Just hold on to it. You never know. You could have a girl down the road. I lo all the ladies are just gushing about how beautiful and radiant Darlene looks. Like, oh, you're pregnant, so you're glowing. You're so gorgeous. You guys are just saying that for the free food, aren't you? I mean, no doubt, she looks radiant and gorgeous. I mean, we've only seen her face a couple times, but... So, ladies had enough of, like, the dresses and everything, and you guys are like, I can't even move in there. And, uh... So luck would have it, she ain't gonna have much room moving across the way into the other room as all the guys filled with cigar and cigarette smoke. Ugh. Ugh. And of course, while every all the ladies are praising on how gorgeous and beautiful and how she carries her baby well and then she's glowing, the other ones are all like, oh, Jim, oh, this baby's gonna change your life. <laughs> Don't worry, Doc so-and-so hasn't lost a patient yet. Lady can barely squeeze between the, the legs of people that are stuffed in that doorway. And they're all like, Jim, you look so terrible. All right, it's April, and it's rainy. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, it's not like they're delivering the baby outside, so. Uh, yeah, it's a boy. Jim's on the phone with his aunt, Aunt Sarah. I take it his parents are dead? 
Honestly, where are his parents? Are they not alive? Because he's relaying this to his aunt Sarah, who is... She's a villain. In my eyes, she is right up there with Cruella DeVille. Right up there with all the other villains. She's a terrible... I mean, her actions are just horrible. Not that of what Cruella DeVille would have done and Ursula and stuff. But she's she's up there. She's like the lower ranking. But she is a villain in my book. Granted, yes, she does turn around at the end with the dog biscuits for Christmas. But still, it's like, mmm, I don't... Mm. You would not be... That's why she rushed them out of the house, which I'll get to in a hot second. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's a boy! It's a boy! I prayed! I wanted a boy so bad and I got one! Ah! I'm so excited! This guy could not be more excited if rainbows were shooting out of his eyeballs. He's like, it's a boy! It's a boy! I'm surprised he didn't run outside and start screaming at the top of his lungs, I have a boy! At like, three in the morning. The doctor comes downstairs and Jim's like, Doctor, I have a boy! And the doctor's like, yes, I know, I was there. I was there when the baby, you know, came into the world. And I cut the umbilical cord and I noticed it was a boy. So I told you, in fact, it was a boy. I want to get some sleep. Good day to you. If you have any questions or problems, whatever, you have my number. Bye. This guy just wants to go home. <laughs> Apparently this is back in the day when, when you called someone you had to go through an operator because we hear he's so excited he zips upstairs, didn't even bother to hang up with Aunt Sarah. It's like, hello, 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 hello. And the lady's like, what in the what? What is this voice coming out of this uh, contraption hanging on a string? <laughs> it's springtime. The buds are coming in on the trees. The birdies are singing. The windows are open. The baby is crying. And we see all the little nappies are you know, baby cloth diapers, whatever you want to call them, on the line because they don't have a washing machine. I probably go through so many, it's like we may as well just hang dry them because if we did um to amounts of laundry, our laundry, our machine is going to break. And they have on the windowsill some beakers, one of which has a rubber nipple on it. I'm like, that's the baby's bottle? Are you kidding me? That thing is huge. So, is she not breastfeeding? I don't know. I don't want to ask that question because it's none of my business. But if they're going on a trip shortly, she's not breastfeeding. <laughs> Unless she pumped a bunch in preparation for the trip. But I don't think. she's It's straight the bottle for the baby. So, we do get ladies in her thoughts. If she's kind of singing, what is a baby? Why is this? Creature making Jim Deere and Darling act this way. So she's still unsure. She hasn't really fully met the baby yet. They probably kind of kept her away for a little while just so that way baby can get used to the environments and then eventually they will introduce the dog. So we do see Jim Deere run down in a flourish, probably getting something or taking something downstairs. Lady nudges the door open, and we see Darling on the bed. We get a full body shot of her sitting on the bed, holding the baby, singing a lullaby. This is probably what she was humming while she was making those little booties. And Lady comes in. She comes close to the bassinet that is kind of like a rocking bassinet as um, Darling is just kind of, you know, humming and 
rocking the crate, the little cradle bassinet. And Lady is like, she hasn't looked in yet, but she's like, I'm curious. I still can't see over the top of the bassinet. There's something in here, I know. And Jeremy did tell me that at one point, I guess his parents did have a dog. And how the dog was like a little dog, and the dog looked in at when Jeremy was a baby, just like Lady looks in at the, the baby here. So Lady does get her, her feet up for a split second on the top of the cradle, and Jim Deere comes up behind her, and she almost for a second is like, oh, I guess I wasn't, and he's like, oh no, here you go, honey, let me help you up. You want a closer look at the baby? I can help you. And when I uh, watched this movie in the past, both Jeremy and I, the drawing of the baby just looks like they cut, like, a drawing of a baby's head. It's definitely different animation, but it almost looks like something you would see in, like, a 1950s, like, baby illustration catalog or something. Actually, I'm going to go take a picture of it real quick so I can put it on, uh, the Instagram and the Facebook and stuff like that. Definitely different animation for the baby. And they pull back the cover so Lady can get a closer look at the baby. And I love how Lady is just staring in at the baby. She she loves this baby already. And you know that she is going to be protective over this baby. And I love her little tail wagging. Like, yeah, she accepts the baby. It's all good. No jealousy here whatsoever. And I love how Jim Deere scratches lady behind the ear like they're not cold to her anymore they're not reserved everything's fine the baby's there so it's like you know you are we are a family of four you are you are part of this lady you're gonna be the baby's best friend and the protector all right looks like baby's getting a little bigger probably somewhere around what maybe three to three four months old Maybe six months? I don't know. As we see, definite... Oh, and there is a little rag doll that the baby probably threw up on that was washed as well. Definitely taking advantage of the clothesline. So I'm guessing that Jim and Darling are going on a second honeymoon. They're going, you know, on a little, let's take a vacation for the baby. Of course, new mother Darling is hesitant. Like, honey, I really don't want to leave him. He's still so young and helpless. It's gonna be fine and the look that lady gives him she like turns her head sharply at him like are you kidding me really oh yeah we'll be fine huh well I mean I am here to watch the baby so there is that oh of course lady goes out and stops him before they get to the stairs and she's a little standoffish here like how could you run out on your son how could you run out on your baby? Because Darling's like, oh, look at her. How she's acting. She thinks we're running out on him. And Jim Deere and Lady's like, eh. Yeah, he goes to, like, uh, scratch your ear again. And she's like, eh, I'm sorry. You haven't earned that yet. I'm still uh, disappointed. <laughs> and he's like, don't worry, old girl. You're going to be watching the baby. Aunt Sarah's going to be here to help you out. They're just going for a little three-day trip somewhere. Granted, of course, the doorbell rings. It's Aunt Sarah. She wants to get them out the door. Of course, she's got this giant picnic basket. You know she wants to get them out the door because she's got her cats there. I would look, and then the cats, and no, babe, no, no, just now. 
And she pushes them out the door so fast that they don't say, look, lady's a member of the family. She stays in the house. She can go outside in the backyard if she wants to, to do her business. But you will treat her with respect. And of course she doesn't because the first thing she does is slam that door open. It hits the wall, including Lady, who's right behind the door. And she shoves Jim and Darling out the door. And including when she shuts the door, she shuts Lady outside on the porch. But of course, Lady's got the doggy door so she can just zip around the side of the house. So Lady zips back up the stairs to check on the baby who's now in the crib. And, of course, Aunt Sarah's like, oh, to see that little great-nephew of mine. Well, she says nephew of mine. And she's just cooing and fussing over the baby. And then she realizes that lady's there. It's like, oh, you just, you disgusting animal. What are you doing? Get out of here. She's like, shoot, get out of here. Like, excuse me, this is my house, not yours. I am more than perfectly responsible and respectful of the baby. Of course, she slams the door right in lady's face after shoving her out the door to the bedroom. And the baby starts crying, like, way to go, lady! You woke the baby! It's probably like, who are you? You're not my mother or father. Yeah. So, lady just heads downstairs, and as she's going past this picnic basket, we see one side of it pop up, and we see two sets of blue eyes. And as soon as lady, like, looks, the uh, top of it pops out. And then, of course, we see Cy and Am, Aunt Ladies, Aunt, Aunt Ladies, Aunt Sarah's cats pop out. And boy, oh boy, do they make a mess of things fast. Like, hey, you're just a dog. You're not, we, we're going to do whatever we want since there's two of us and one of you. We're going to rip the curtains. We're going to knock stuff over. We're going to make it look like it was all you. And we're going to try to eat the fish and the bird. So, there's such a commotion because things are getting broken downstairs. Aunt Sarah rushes downstairs, sees how the cats have made it all fall onto Lady because she's the one that's underneath the curtain and um, some broken furniture. She brings her cats upstairs, which I would be like, that is a no-no because the cats are shaking tails like they'd be like, good job, good job, we, we did good. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, we're going to have some of the baby's milk. Like, you're not. They could smell. I know. I own a cat. I don't have a child. I know the myth about the whole cat smothering the baby and stuff like that. But these cats, I wouldn't put it past them. I would not put it past them because those cats are evil. There is nothing good about them at all. I mean, this trio takes over that house, and Lady now feels like she's the outsider, and she's unwelcome in her own house. I feel like someone's going to protect that baby from those cats, and Aunt Sarah, because she is not good for that baby. So, now Aunt Sarah wants to go a step further and get a muzzle for What? Ugh, I, I, I don't like her. I don't know anyone that likes this lady. Aunt Sarah, and just, the way she's treating Lady is just extremely, this is cruel, this is animal abuse. Like, one, this is not your dog. You do not have a right to put a muzzle on them. So, what was the whole thing here? She was going to have Lady in a muzzle for the entire three days that Jim, Deer, and Darlene were gone? If they came on and saw that, like... You need to pack your bags. What are cats doing here? We didn't say you could bring them. And get out of our house. 
I can't believe you brought those cats here. And I can't believe you did this to our dog. And she can't open her mouth because there's a muzzle on. It's like she needs to eat and drink. Like, your lady doesn't know what's going on. All she sees is this man coming towards her face with this contraption and puts it on her, which also includes a leash, and she, like, takes off. And I'm just like, yeah, that leash, unless there's a hand attached to it, it's like that leash could get wrapped around something, which we see as she's pulling out that that bird in that birdcage or that whatever it is. And she's scared. She runs right into traffic. Granted, yes, there aren't a lot of cars, but there's a trolley there. There's some cars that at least could have gotten wrapped up in a wheel. She is very lucky she didn't get hit or she didn't get wrapped up with something with that leash. Not to mention, she's in a, uh, an area that is unfamiliar to her. Unless she's going for a walk in the neighborhood with Jim Deere, she's never been out of that backyard. So when I say the wrong side of the tracks, that is definitely the wrong side of the tracks. And she is very lucky that, you know, Tramp came along. Because who knows? Because she gets cornered by, like, three or four mean-looking dogs. All right, there's three big dogs. And they're chasing her and barking at her. And she's scared to death. And Tramp, of course, hears the commotion. Like, what is that? So he goes to check it out. Lady, of course, is running, and she hits a dead end when she sees a fence. Like, well, I can't go over that. And she's cowering as these dogs start, you know, cornering, blocking her in. And right away, before they they are, like, maybe 10, 15 feet away from her, Tramp, like, jumps that fence like a pro and is like, You got a problem? You're gonna take it up with me. You don't touch her. And if this were a kid watching this, I can see why this scene would probably be kind of scary. Because for me as a kid, I mean, you're seeing this dog take on three dogs and they're growling and snapping at each other. It's going to be scary for your lady because she's hiding behind a wooden barrel. And mind you, she's only seen Tramp once. So I don't even, th I think he was more explaining to her. So she really didn't have too many words with him. But... You're seeing, I mean, Tramp is, like, literally going for these dogs' throats. You see him going for these dogs' throats. Granted, it's Disney, so there's no blood, but he knocks out all three of those dogs, and they run off. In the sequel, which I might cover on the podcast since it's on Disney+, Plus, um, Tramp's a legend around that town. He is very well-known. He's got a reputation that follows him. Not only is he a, uh... He's a fan of the ladies, the ladies that are a fan of him, but he has got to be one of the greatest dogs. I mean, he took on three dogs. He's probably been in more fights and everything. It's like, yeah, he's got a reputation in that town. He can take care of himself. Imagine that would take quite a bit of him, because he's breathing hard as those dogs run off. He's like... <laughs> I mean, that was three dogs. That wasn't just one dog against another dog. That was one dog against three of them. And he chased them off. I'm trying to remember, he called her Pidge when he first met her, right? Hey, I'm trying to think. He's like, hey, Pidge, what are you doing on this side of the track? He's like, usually, I mean, when I saw you, you were hanging out in a, in a nice suburban area, a nice fenced-in yard. Why are you here? And then he, like, really looks at her and sees a contraption on her face like whoa sweetie we gotta get that off of you 
Oh, no, he's like, oh, you poor kid. Because, I mean, I think, yeah, Tramp is definitely at least probably a couple years or so older than Lady. And Lady, at this point, has definitely got to be at least a year old. Maybe even a year and a half. So he's like, oh, we got to get this off. As he takes the leash in hand and just kind of leads her, like, I know where we can go. So they head to right outside the zoo. And, of course, Lady's like, but we can't go in. I mean, it says no dogs allowed, which, I mean, they can read. That's awesome. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I got to back away. Just let me take care of this, all right? We just got to wait for the perfect moment. Because we do see a man walking back and forth between the entrance. He's kind of like a guard. He's got a bully club on him, so that presents an issue. Of course, Tramp waits for the perfect unsuspecting victim. We see a man who went to the zoo to read a book, which, cool. I mean, they got benches. I mean, you can gaze at the animals and read a book at the same time. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> maybe he's been there. Maybe he's got a yearly pass, and he's like, oh, well, I just go to the zoo to read. I mean, occasionally I'll look at the animals. I mean, but they're pretty much the same. They don't change. They age, but that's about it. So the guy's reading a book. Of course, he doesn't realize that uh, Tramp is, uh, sidled right up to him and the guard takes notice like hey can't you read and the guy's like yeah i'm reading a book right now <laughs> and he's like no read the sign it says no dogs allowed what's your dog doing there and the guy looks down seeing tramp for the first time is like uh, this is not my dog this isn't my dog i've never seen him before and the guy's like yeah right so the guys get kind of, the guard and the, the bookworm guy get into a tussle, and Tramp's like, all right, now we got to sneak in. Don't worry about them, they'll be fine. I love how Tramp, like, jumps into, like, this isn't my dog, is Tramp, like, jumps into the bookworm's arms and, like, licks him on the face, like, don't touch me. <laughs> so Tramp's like, hey, lady, don't worry, I know this place from A to Z. Here, let's look at the ape house. Maybe they can, uh, and they're all laughing, like, um... Yeah, they're too closely resembled to humans. So that's not going to work. Basically, you got to get somebody who's actually not in a cage because uh, she needs to have that thing off. And I don't know any other way that's going to work. No use in asking them. They wouldn't understand as one of them, like, scratches their head. There's, like, three kind of monkeys. One is, like, a snowy white monkey with furrowed eyebrows. Like, huh? Uh, of course, like, hey, alligators, there we go. Hey, sir, hey, Al, do you think you could give us a hand here? And he's like, oh, yeah, I can oblige you. As Lady, like, puts her head down and the alligator, like, opens its jaws wide, about ready to take her head. Whoa, 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 you know what, on second thought, we got, don't worry about it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, but we thought of another option. Granted, the hyenas think this is the funniest thing as Trump pulls Lady back from uh, being decapitated. Um, yeah, he would have had her for, for accident. I mean, sweet, sweet alligator, but the hyenas are just like laughing their butts off like, that's the funniest thing we've seen all day. <laughs> oh, thank you for uh, entertainment here. The last thing we saw was a guy reading a book going through the zoo. I mean, <laughs> can you believe it? He came to the zoo to read a book? <laughs> uh, but this tops that, definitely. Oh, then one of the hyenas, like, <laughs> like slamming his paws on the floor. Oh, my God, it's a funny slinger. <laughs> like, okay, okay, that's enough. It wasn't that funny. 
Oh, we got the beaver dam. He's like, oh, yeah, that hyena. <laughs> Maybe we should give that muzzle to him once you get it off, huh? <laughs> they have a beaver that, of course, is taking down trees. This is going to be a hazard for someone just walking along, you know, reading a book. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a tree just, like, pops out of nowhere and just poof, takes you out. <sighs> so of course, Tramp thinks this is great. This guy is a born chewer. He can chew those straps right off your head. Win-win for us all. Which it does become a win-win for the beaver. I mean, that's a great contraption that will help with uh, his, uh, you know, pulling the logs, log puller, and all that good stuff. So do they just have one beaver here? Clearly we don't see the others. But, I mean, he's causing enough uh, ruckus and damage and all that stuff. He's like, measuring the log six foot six and seven sixteenth inches. So, of course, Tramp's trying to get his attention. Like, I'm busy, busy, busy. I got a busy day ahead of me. I still got a bunch of trees to knock down. And I can't stop for gossip. Can't talk about the gossip. I know. I know all about that bookworm. I saw I saw him past my, uh, my uh, enclosure earlier. Hyenas, they were a ruckus. They were laughing about it for, like, the longest time. They just now finally shut up. He trains like, yeah, look, it'll just take a second of your time. And the beaver stops what he's doing. Says, a second? Do you realize every second, 70 centimeters of water is wasted over that spillway? And the beaver's all like, look, I gotta get this log moving, all right? I gotta get it, like, I gotta stop that water. That's my mission in life, to stop the water from running. Imagine, of course, he sees the beaver struggling because it's just him trying to push a log that weighs umpteen bazillion pounds. This, of course, gets Tramp's old and thinking, hmm. Oh, and he sees the strap. You know, the leash part that, you know, your hand would go through. Hmm, oh, and then he sees the little, uh, the stubby nub part on the, on the tree. He's like, huh, hmm, he's looking at the tree and the beaver. You know, what you need is a log puller. And, of course, the beaver's not paying attention. Like, you need a log puller! And he's like, ooh, okay, deaf for one. And, yeah. <laughs> so I love how Tram turns into a game show host. He's like, yes, and by lucky coincidence, you see before you. Modeled by the lovely little lady, the new, improved. Patent and handy dandy, never fail, little giant log puller. The busy beaver's friend. Okay, he's clearly watched some great game shows in his day because of the, uh, I mean, come on. You don't just pull that out of your hat. That, he's been in a home where someone loved to watch game shows. Of course, we have the guarantee that it's not, uh, going to wear, tip, <laughs> wear, tear, rip, or revel. So, of course, the beaver's getting up close to the lady. Like, oh, let's see here what we got. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Looks about the fit my face. And it cuts log hauling by 66%. A lot of the S's with the beaver because, um, I watched, like, a uh, special feature where you see the guy that does the voice of the beaver. He's got like a little like uh, whistle thing that on the S's. So I was like, oh, oh well, yeah, here, let me show you how it works. We just slip this little loop here around this uh, little nub on this tree, and then uh, it's like, and the beaver comes out like, here, here, let me. <clears throat> it's like you are pulling her neck, which is 
and face, which is still attached. Well, here, let me show you how you do it. You just got to take the top strap, bite down on it, bite down hard, because I know you like to chew, and boom, it's 100% yours. You don't got to pay anything for it. It's a free gift. So the beaver tries it on, and he is ready to go. And apparently they were on a incline, because the log gets rolling and just takes the leash muzzle thing right and beaver right with it as he straps it on his face. And it falls right where it needs to in that dam. Like, all right, it works well. Gives him the thumbs up. Like, sweet, we're out of here. Thank you. So on the walk home, it's dark now. And of course, Lady is kind of regaling Tramp with the events of the day. Like, you know, but when she put that horrible muzzle on me, he's like, oh, say no more. I get the whole picture. Ants, cats, muzzles. I wouldn't want to live that life. And he's like, well, you see, I mean, that's what comes with, you know, tying yourself down to one family. And he's like, I mean, I got a family. I got several families. In fact, I got a family for every day of the week. In fact, I got a different name for every day of the week, too. And yeah, she's like, yeah, don't you have a family? And he's like, oh, yeah, I got a family, one for every day of the week. Yeah, the point is with that, though, none of them have me. So basically, these families are mere convenience. He shows up one day a week, gets what he wants from them, and takes off. It's a win-win. They get a pet to feed and a little bit of comfort, and he goes on to the next. He gets to be fed, and they get a playmate for a day. Alright, the soul, uh, Schultz is here, dubbed him Little Fritzy. This is his Monday home. Oh, he loves the Wiener Schnitzel. Alright, so we go from uh, the Germans, now we go over to the Irish. And of course we have Little Mike, as Tramp has been dubbed by the O'Briens. Comes every Tuesday. So, Mondays with the Schultzes, Tuesdays with the O'Briens. Of course, the darling corned beef. Mmm, yum, yum, yum. Love me a Reuben, I gotta say, love me a Reuben. It's been a bit since I had one, because I also like the brisket, too. This is me talking, guys. This isn't Tramp. Unless he's been to Arby's or Firehouse Subs, which I can't say that he has. Granted, of course, we only got to see two families out of the five that he says that he goes to. He makes Tony's his Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday home. So now they're in town. Tramp sees Tony's restaurant. He's like, ah, what a great place for a special occasion since we got that muzzle off you. Let's celebrate, right? And she goes over to the entrance and he's like, ah, da, da, da. no, no, but this way. I got a special entrance just for me. So he goes down the alleyway in the back, tells Lady to hang out behind some lettuce. As he scratches on the back door. And we get the Tony himself. So Tony does not see and like, uh, what, someone, I thought someone needed some, someone's playing April Fool's joke on, on me, aren't they? Right? Of course, Tramp, who to Tony, is also called Butch. Tramp's called Little Fritzy, Little Mike, and Butch. So Joe was the one who gave him the breakfast bone, and Tony, of course, is like, ah, I haven't seen you in a bit. What's up? Well, how's your life been going? I love this. Tony just, uh, oh, Tramp is like, hey, I missed you too, buddy. 
<laughs> and Trifa just licking his face. I don't know. He's <laughs> like, hey, don't, yeah. Joe, bring some bones for Butch before you eat me up. <laughs> well, of course, Tramp's like, all right, good. I got him all, Tony all good and buttered up. Now to introduce him to my lady friend. Oh, here we go. See, I did not get this as a kid. When Tramp introduces uh, Joe and Tony to Lady, he's like, hey, Joe, check this out. Butchie here, he's got a new girlfriend. And like, oh, a new girlfriend. So this is not Tramp's first rodeo here, bringing a girl to the. This is, he's got this routine down to a science. In fact, that whole thing, as genuine as it is with the giving her the last meatball, he's done that before, I bet you. And what's sad is the fact that a lady thinks that this is... I mean, it is genuine, in a way, into her. Because, you know... But this is just tramp. This is just... It's routine to him. And he's like... And, uh... Joe's like, oh, he's got a cockerel Spanish girl. <laughs> he's very pretty. I love how, uh... Tony has kind of got his, uh, hand out, like, hey... But you take a Tony's advice and settle down with this one, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and ladies are kind of like, uh, this one? And Tramp immediately, oh, oh, um, no. Tony's English isn't, uh, it's not, uh, it's not the greatest. <laughs> he's an, he's a not to speak English pretty good. They're like, Way to shame him! He's feeding you both and you're shaming him so that way you can keep up your little cover routine. Like, oh, I gotta save my hide here. Tony, you almost blew my cover! Like, you and I both know I'm a ladies' man, but you don't need to know that. This is so funny! Trans facial expressions. <laughs> almost uh, blew my cover there. <laughs> Of course, Joe brings the bones out while Tony is fixing up a really nice... Hey, Quinn. Let me open the door. Quinn decided to wake up, uh, start her day at three in the afternoon. <laughs> so I love Tony just setting up a place complete with a wine-turned candle. We got some breadsticks going on. We got a beautiful red and white tablecloth to set the mood. Alright, so Tony puts a menu down, asks what Tramp wants, Tramp barks, and apparently his barks equal a two spaghetti special. And of course, Tony and Joe get into it. Oh, those can't talk. Well, he's not talking to me. It's like, alright, alright, you're the boss. There's a spaghetti special. I bet that is gonna be like the best spaghetti. Why is it always the animated food looks so amazing? I want to eat some of that spaghetti, and I haven't had spaghetti in a while. Maybe because my spaghetti doesn't look as good as that. I've had anything that Tony and Joe have got to be brothers. This has got to be a family-owned restaurant. Granted, it does say Tony's. So he sets down the plate of spaghetti, and I love how we see Tramp and Ladies, both little stub tails, just shaking away with excitement. Like, yeah! spaghetti that spaghetti looks like it's half the size of lady it is that large i bet they're really only in it for the meatballs so of course we got to create the mood don't we i mean they're eating you know spaghetti we got to set the mood with some nice italian music i love how tramp is like showing her how to eat the spaghetti like you start chewing on the string of spaghetti and then you just yes slurp it up 
Because he shows her and she does the same thing. Because she's probably never had spaghetti before. And Tramp, of course, this, like I said, this is not his first rodeo with this. Because he's just eating, like, a fistful of spaghetti. And, of course, Lady is just... This is so beautiful. I mean, someone taking her out, rescuing her, and then taking her out to dinner. And just such the romantic atmosphere. And her just looking lovingly, like, at Tony and Joe. And just this whole night has just been like a dream. And I love how the line, look at the skies, there are stars in her eyes. And we see Lady just, her eyes are just lit up like a starry night. She is just, this is the best night she's probably had in forever. I mean, this night has got to be just underneath, you know, her getting bought and then, you know, like her arrival at the, on Christmas Day in a new home. I mean, this has got to be like just underneath that and on her list of best days ever. Of course, the most iconic scene in this entire movie. It's on the movie cover. Oh, I love it so much. Everyone, I mean, this is, it's everything. Is them, he's got a, another handful of spaghetti in his mouth, but he's also got the one strand that lady is also, and they're not really looking at each other. They're watching um, Joe and Tony. So neither of them is suspecting, like, oh, this one noodle that we're going to share. And, of course, they're still looking at them while they're still eating this one noodle. And it's bringing them closer, and they're just they're not realizing it until both their noses touch. I love it. It's almost like Liddy blushes in surprise. Like, oh. Even the surprise on his face when he realizes, like, that noodle is connected to her mouth, like, oh, wow. It's like, well, we're here. We may as well bump noses, right? <laughs> it's so sweet. I do kind of feel like this This part here is genuine. That was not planned. I mean, the date was, but not the, not the nose kiss. And, of course, the meatball, the last meatball he gives to her. Aw. Like I said, this was kind of recreated in the sequel, and it just does not hold water to this moment. This has got to honestly go down as one of the best mo romantic moments is in the Disney canon, the Disney movies. And I think definitely Lady is in this moment. She and Tramp are looking at each other and she is just falling in love. I mean, he was her knight in shining armor and they're having this beautiful romantic dinner date and he just kissed her and it's taken her by surprise, of course, but... In her eyes, she sees this this young man could do no wrong in her eyes. All right, now they're going to continue to the date. They're going to walk through the park. Of course, they walk on wet cement. I kind of wonder who J.M. and E.S. are as we see the name, the initials, and then the heart with the little arrow going through. And both Lady and Tramp put their paws in there. So if that's the case, and that's wet cement, then JM and ES must have just come and done that, because that's wet too. We see like a an owl couple in a tree, we see a couple swans, so it's definitely a romantic atmosphere. Granted, it's it's nighttime, it's in the park, and 
Oh, we even see Lady and Tramp's reflection in the pond water. And they're just sitting on that hill, just staring up into the sky at the bright full moon and the stars in the sky. And they're looking down. That is a great view of that, overlooking the town. Granted, it's going to look even better in the, in the morning light. And we see, as we pull back the camera, we do see other people, you know, a couple sitting on a and a little carriage, we see some other people. This looks like where teenagers would go for, like, make-out hill. Because there are a lot. There's one that looks like could even be a, a family. And just, because they keep pulling back. And you see one carriage after the other. Like, everyone else had the same idea as Tramp and Lady. Like, hey, it's full moon tonight. The stars are out. Let's go hang out. I mean, it is, it's nice weather. Let's just enjoy the, the stars and the moon. So it's morning. Tramp and Lady have spent the night together. I love how Tramp wake up, wakes up first and Lady's still asleep, but her long ear is like draped over Tramp's head. And he gives her kind of a light side eye, even though she's sleeping. Like, aww. And you guys, you know what they've done. You know that since they're going to have puppies at the end. And if you think about it, what is it, like 8 to 10 weeks gestation for a dog? Yes, they spent the night together. Of course, our rooster crows and wakes up Lady, so the magic is kind of broken. And immediately she goes into panic mode, like, oh, oh dear, no, I didn't go home last night. People are going to wonder where I am. Like, I don't think Aunt Sarah honestly cares if you come home. But you know Jim Deere and Darling are going to get home, like, where's Lady? Where's our dog? We ask one thing of you, two things, actually, to watch our child and our dog. And our dog, our baby's here, but where's our dog? We're never asking you to come and watch my our child and dog ever again. So, yeah, he's like, oh, is something wrong? And he's got a smile on his face. Like, he had a good night, definitely. And she is just, like, she's in shock. She's probably uh, most likely, you know, ashamed. Like, I shouldn't have stayed out all night. That's not me. I don't do things like that. So, Tramp is trying to get her to open her eyes, and she just looks at him like, open my eyes? What does that mean? He's like, yeah, just, you know, I can't believe you still believe in that whole faithful dog routine. It's like, Aunt Sarah isn't her owner. She's an aunt, which she told you. Her real owners don't treat her like this. They didn't cast her out. It's like, open your eye to what a dog's life can really be. I mean, I got multiple homes, but they don't have me. And I got a different restaurant for every day of the week. Sure, that may be fun for a while, but that's his life. Tramp, my guess is he was born on the street. Somebody took him in. Someone had a baby. Someone didn't want to deal with him and just dropped him off. Like, we can't take you anymore. You have to find your own way of life. It's like he's putting down her way of life. He's like, hey, look down there in that valley. What do you see? She's like, I see nice homes with yards and fences. He's like, yeah, exactly. Life on a leash. Who wants that life? It's like, she does, and she's content to have that. So he has her look again, but to look through his eyes, and as he says, there's a great big hunk of world down there just waiting to be explored. 
Because we actually pull away from the town and we see hills upon hills with trees and no fences. Just old country roads. She doesn't want that life. And nothing you say or do is going to convince her otherwise. It's like he's shaming her because she has a home. Almost like I can convince this good girl to go bad. I mean, I already had her out all night long. He's trying to, yeah, like I said, paint this beautiful picture of what her life could be if she doesn't go home. Like, hey, we can spend our days just romping around, getting free food, hanging out, having a good time. It's like, yeah, but how long until that scene gets old? Because you know that's not for her. Yeah, she had a great night and a free meal. But... <laughs> but does, she doesn't want that ever, all day, every day, 24-7. And I guess if you could say that, yes, it's like he's offering her the world. And even if you wanted to go ahead and throw this as a Jack Dawson, Rose, do it, Bucator situation. Like, hey, you've been cooped up. You've led a sheltered life. I can show you what is out there in the world. And you can have experiences beyond your wildest dreams. And she does say, yeah, that does sound wonderful, but, because he's like, but, it's like, yeah, who'd watch over the baby? Yeah, it's, you know, she's there to be the baby's friend and protect her and everything. I gotta watch out for my family. I can't do that when I'm miles away romping through yards and running hills and stuff like that. Of course, he says, hey, look, don't worry, I'll take you home. Of course, they're... Walking past a chicken coop, and wouldn't you know it, Tramp, who's always got a wild streak in him, is like, hey, let's go chase these chickens. I mean, they should have been up hours ago. They're still sleeping. And she's like, well, I don't want to hurt them. He's like, oh, no, we're not going to hurt them. We're just going to, you know, wake them up a bit. Of course, he gets the chickens going. You hear a gunshot go off, and then... He and Lady, well, he gets away, and he's running so fast, he's not looking behind him to look for Pidge, as he calls Lady. Turns out she got nabbed by the dog pound, the dog catcher, even though she's got a collar and tag. It's like, yeah, but she was disrupting those chickens. I mean, for all that guy knew that owned the chickens, is that these dogs were going to feast on his chickens. So, yeah. He's looking for her, and then he finds her in the back of the dog catcher's wagon. Like, way to go, tramp. So, I guess it didn't take very long for that bulldog and peg to be thrown back into the dog pound, because he, he, he rescued them not too long ago. It's like, oh my goodness. And while this quartet with the bulldog, the chihuahua, the Afghan hound, and the Heinz 57 are all and we pan about the other cages and we're seeing puppies there and it one of them looks like a young version of tramp and it just it breaks your heart a lot of them are crying a lot of them are just what did i do to deserve this life why didn't my owner love me enough what did i do wrong and your heart breaks for them your heart just goes out to them because that's the end of the road for them. They're, the end of the road is behind that door. And, yeah. That's just sad. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm getting teared up now. 
Oh, those three puppies that kind of look like, um, Lady a little bit. And I, I just, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of those puppies that were in that store when I'm like, did those puppies get, because it's been a little bit of time. Did those puppies, like, get bought and then just get rejected and sent to the pound? Because they look about the same coloring as the puppies that were in that shop window. All right, so they put Lady in the cell with the bulldog, the Afghan hound, the Heinz 57, and the chihuahua. And it's like, hey, just put her in there, number four with the other dogs. I got to check her license number. And I like how he's like, here you go, baby, right in here. This is going to be horrifying for Lady. She's never been in a situation like this. Granted, now she's going to be taunted by these four dogs. Like, hey, look, you guys missed Park Avenue herself. Like, ugh. They're taunting her because she clearly looks like she comes from money. I mean, her coat's great looking. She's got a shiny dog tag and everything like that. <laughs> what you do to get in here? Like, bite the butler and this and that? It's like, enough. She's scared enough as it is, and you're making it worse by taunting her and teasing her. Come on, guys. Be respectful and be gentlemen. Of course, Peg wakes up. And she sees what's going on. And she jumps right in. Like, hey, guys, back off. Yeah, and she jumps right to Lady's defense. Like, hey, can't you see the poor kid's scared enough? I mean, all these dogs are quite a bit older than Lady. And they've had tons more life experience. Especially being they've been out there in the world where she's been, you know, sheltered and, you know, cooped up in a house in a backyard. And occasionally goes out for walks. But other than her neighborhood, she's not seen much of the world. Oh, yes, this term is, he quotes from a book called Lower Depths. He says, miserable being must find more miserable being, hence the term misery loves company. So if you're down, you want other people to be down with you. So, um, the Russian dog, the Afghan hound, says, you know, waving around your license in here is, like, basically waving a red flag in front of a ball, you're gonna get an ugly reception to that. People aren't gonna take kindly because they don't have homes. The fact that you do and you got thrown in here. So, Lady's a little affronted by this. Like, what's wrong with my my license and everything, my collar? And Pace like, well, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, that's your passport to freedom. I mean, without it, you'd be stuck here with us. I mean, we're not going anywhere unless someone comes in and decides to adopt us. Because the only other option is what's behind that green door and you're not going to like it. That's the end. This is basically it for us. They refer to behind the red door or euthanizing as taking the long walk. Hence, he's going down the green mile. And they don't nutsy who we see in shadow and we see the dog catcher pulling him along by a lead as in, yeah, he's going to be euthanized. And the fact that they're watching this dog wagging his tail and he's so excited is like he has no idea what he's in for. He has no idea that this is it for him. And this is pretty dark. And this is like a punch to the gut for, for Lady. Like, you mean he's... Like, yeah, some folks either can't take care of their pets or they just decide they don't want to take care of them anymore. Like, 
well, you were cute when you were a puppy, but now that you're, you know, getting on in years, I just, I can't handle it. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want to have to walk you or feed you or suppress your anal glands anymore. And that would scare her. It's like, you mean he's, like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. We got the dachshund who's been busy, you know, trying to dig them out. Because every time the the uh, dog catcher goes by, he's got to fill that hole in with dirt. And then as soon as the guy leaves, he's back to digging. And like that's why the dogs were singing. So that way they couldn't hear him trying to dig them out of there. So the bulldog is scratching himself. Everyone's giving themselves a good scratch because what else are you going to do? A short life and a merry one. That's what the tramp always says. And ding, ding, ding. Bells are going off in ladies' ears. Like, what? Do you say the tramp? Like, oh yeah, yeah. And they're like, hey, there's a bloke that never gets caught. And he's given the slip to every dog catcher in this burg. Like, tramp is clearly that good. Even Peg is saying, you know, no matter how tight a jam he's in, that tramp always finds some way out. Of course, this is not news to Lady. The fact that he just up and disappeared while she got taken by the dog catcher. Yeah, because he wanted to not get caught. So it's like, hey, let's set you... I don't think he intended for that to happen for her. Oh, here we go. We get a backstory on uh, Tramp's list of... Long list of ladies. Even as the Afghan hound says, even Tramp has... It may not be an Afghan hound, but anyway, even Tramp has his Achilles heels, and he's got a fondness for the ladies. So, the little chihuahua's name is Pedro, and he's just... You could even maybe call this kind of offensive, definitely, just based on the, the chihuahua looks like he's got like kind of a little mustache thing going on. Yeah, apparently Tramp's got a weakness for the girls. Or in other words, dames. So now <laughs> they're going to go through the list of names. Lulu and Trixie and Fifi. And of course, Pedro's sister, Rosita, Chiquita, Juanita, Chihuahua. So now we get a song called He's a Tramp. And apparently at one point, Peg had been a show dog in her day, and apparently either she got too old or just her looks got shabby, and the owner just kind of put her out. Like, you've done as much as you're going to do in the show dog circuit, so. So, yeah, they're pretty much just saying, like, you know, he's a cat, he's a ladies' man, he's going to break your heart. He never sticks to one girl very long. Even Peg says, you know, Steve and I have got it pretty bad for him. So... As Peg is singing the song about he's a tramp, he's a cat, he's a scoundrel, he'll break your heart, he'll, he's never serious with any girl, this and that. And almost like it's kind of throwing salt on that sweet date that she had with him the other night. Like, you know, they kissed under the stars and the moon and the spaghetti kiss and, you know, the sleeping under the stars and this and that. And they spent the night together. And, you know, she gave herself to him and thinking that, you know, she was the only one. He only had eyes for her. Well, no, this is just routine to him. He's never serious about anybody for too long before he moves on to the next one. So, and they're like, yeah, one day maybe he'll find someone that he's really serious about that he wants to protect. He'll grow careless. And then when he does, 
the dog catcher's going to get him and he's going to be done for because he is at the top of their wanted list. And just the idea that he could die just shocks her. Like, oh my god. So I like, I mean, the dog catcher, this one is decent enough. You know, he's like, all right, baby, they've come to take you home. And he picks her up so carefully and puts her in his arms. Now we get back to the house. Of course, he's been, uh... Moved out to the doghouse in the backyard. Chained up. So clearly they know that Lady is in a, uh... She's in a delicate way now. She's with child or children. And Jock and Trusty have come to see her. And Jock is saying, courage, man, courage. And of course Trusty's like, well, I've never even considered matrimony. Because basically now Lady is an unwed mother a single parent so they're kind of talking like no matter which one of us she ex- accepts because they think what her owners are gonna throw her out of the house because she's with you know puppies but then again this is the 1930s sometimes i believe you know an unwanted pregnancy an unwed mother sometimes in some families that brings shame so they're like oh they're gonna they're just assuming like oh they'll throw her out when they discover she's having you know, with children, with pups. And one of us is going to take her in. Just whichever one she chooses of us. Just remember, we're always going to be the best of friends. And these guys are old enough to be probably her gra- <laughs> her grandfathers. I mean, they watch out for her. They're, they're like grandfathers. They're like big college-age brothers that are like, that's my baby sister or that's my grandchild. You're not going to do nothing untort with her. And of course, Jock's like, hey, not a word about her unfortunate experience, right? Especially about being in the pound. And they go over to her doghouse, like, Lassie, and he's like, and Trusty's like, Miss Lady, ma'am, just, you know, quietly. And she just, we see inside the doghouse, and she's just huddled in the corner, and she's like, please, I, I don't want to see anybody right now. So basically, Trusty's like, hey, don't feel bad about it. Some of the finest people I tracked down were jailbirds. And of course, seriously, Trusty, we talked about this. <laughs> and of course, Jot's like, look, we've come with a proposition for helping you out. We both have wonderful homes that would gladly take you in. And they're like, well, we want to help you. And she's like, help me? Like, what are you talking about, help me? So, Jock admittedly, I mean, I know neither of us is as young as we used to be. And, of course, Darcy says, yes, but we're still in the prime of our life. And they mention how they have nice, comfortable homes. She'll be welcome and appreciated and loved. So they're trying to, like, muster out a proposal here of some kind. And she just looks at them like, oh, you're both very kind. And, and I do appreciate it. But, and then, of course, here comes Tramp rolling in with a bone of forgiveness. Like, here, I got you a little something. It's like, you've got some nerve coming back here. And Jock and Trusty are really going to be like, (laughs) you think you're talking to her? Guess again. You can turn right around and go right back out the entryway that you came from. Even Lady looks at Tramp like, you've got a lot of nerve showing your face. And Jock and Trusty both turn their backs on him. And Lady does the same thing. Like, I got nothing to say to you. So I really don't like Tramp here. It's like, oh, anything new in the clan? Kennel Club set? Like, (laughs) playing it off like nothing bad happened. Like, she wasn't taken to the pound. 
You can't just write this off and forget about it like it didn't happen because she can't forget about it. She was there. You let her take the fall for something you did. So he goes to try to show it and he puts the bone down like, hey, I got you something. And she turns around like, mm, mm. won't even look at him, won't even talk to him. And Trusty turns his head around like, hey, if this person is annoying you, Miss Lady, we will gladly show him out. She tells them that won't be necessary, but thank you. And both Jock and Trusty kind of move on their way. But, of course, Jock can't leave before getting right in Trusty's face and screaming at him, You mongrel! And, of course, flings some dirt at him. Like, you are garbage. You don't even deserve to breathe the same air as us for what you did. Granted, honestly, I think Tramp could take both Trusty and Jock just based on their age and the fact that Tramp did take on three grown, beefed-up, steroid-infused dogs. Oh, oh, here we go with the excuses. Uh, oh, it wasn't my fault. As he's, like, crawling on the ground, like, begging for forgiveness. Oh, I thought you were right behind me, honest. It's like, and the thing is, she's on a chain, so she can only go so far to get away from him. And he's like, oh, when I heard they'd taken you to the pound, and she said, don't. Don't you dare mention that dreadful place. I was so humiliated. And embarrassed and frightened. And of course Tramp goes over because she goes back into her doghouse. He's like, oh, who could hurt a harmless little trick like you? And she like gets right in his face. Like, oh, yeah, speaking of trick, who's Trixie? And he's like, uh, um, uh. And Lulu and Fifi and Rosita, Chiquita, whatever her name is. And Tramp's like, oh, uh, I mean, uh. It's like, uh, yeah, save it. And take this bone with you. And don't bother coming back. Whatever you thought this was, it's done. And she's kind of reciting some of the lyrics from or, uh, what the guys were singing in that song and Peg. She's like, I don't need you to shelter me and protect me. And I don't care if you do grow careless. And I don't care if the Cossacks is in the police. Do pick you up. All right? Goodbye. And she goes back into her doghouse and just breaks down in tears. It's like, yeah, that's on you. Congratulations. Get out. I know, guys, you're probably like, you're so hard on Tram. It's like, yeah, he deserves to have someone call him on his poop. He really, really does. Granted, Tramp leaves, and then we get the giant fat rat who made an appearance at the beginning of the episode, or shortly after, when Lady got her new license and collar. Lady sees the rat come into the yard, and she's like, I'm ready for him this time. Granted, she's got a problem. She's hooked to that chain, which is connected to the doghouse, which can only go about maybe, what, a few feet before it uh, rains her back in? And I'm sure the rat is laughing, like, <laughs> yeah, you think you can stop me? You're stuck to that doghouse. Now, if you don't mind me, I'm going up to the baby's room. Oh, wow, that uh, that lead that's connected to the doghouse goes all the way up to uh, that brick walkway. And she's barking up a ruckus, and of course, Aunt Sarah's screaming at Lady, like, oh, quiet, you wake the baby. Like, shut up. How long has it been? Has it been three days yet? Why isn't she? Oh, I just want her to go. I don't like her. 
So Trump comes back. He hears the barking like, what's going on? He's like, hey, what's wrong, Pidge? She's like, there's a rat. I think it's going into the baby's room. He's like, all right, look, I'm on it, all right? Don't worry. So she tells him to go through the doggy door on the porch. He goes in and he zips right up the stairs. He enters in the baby's room and sees the rat under a dresser. Is it just me or does this rat grow in size as the fight between it and Tramp continues? It looks almost as big as Tramp in some scenes. You hear that mouse, that rat squeak almost like a toy rat, which is probably what they use for that squeaking sound. So luckily, Lady is able to break the chain that's attached to her doghouse and just takes off running. Of course, it's a bedroom. It's filled with furniture and stuff, including the crib. Plenty of places for the rat to try to get to a high point where Tramp can't get to it. Lady comes upstairs just in time to peek in the doorway and see the rat, this disgusting, creepy, scary rat, right on the tip of that baby's crib. Oh my god. Of course, luckily, Tramp grabs the rat and shakes it. Of course, in doing so, he's tipped the crib over and the baby's crying. Of course the baby's crying. I can't, I don't know what kind of damage that could have done the baby having that crib tip over. Lady does go over to the crib and starts to comfort the baby. Like, it's okay, you know me, I'm here. It's okay, it's okay. And Tramp does go behind the curtain and kills the rat. Of course, while he's nursing his wounds, on goes the light and Aunt Sarah is there to see the commotion. I guess Lady somehow got the baby to uh, stop crying and Tramp goes over to her and he's like, hey, I'm all right. Just a few scratches, nothing to worry about. Of course, Aunt Sarah comes in and is like, oh my gosh, what are you doing in here? You need to go outside and I've never seen you before, but you are definitely going to the pound. She puts Tramp in a closet and calls the pound. And she's yanking on Lady's head with that chain, dr- literally dragging her down the stairs. If I walked in on that, I'd be like, don't you dare touch my dog. Get your stuff. Get out of my house. I don't ever watch you, want you. I definitely don't want you watching my child after this display. Let alone, where are these? Where do these cats come from? Are these yours? I didn't say you could have them here. So she puts Lady in a cellar, I'm guessing, a basement cellar. So Sarah's calling to the dog pound. Apparently, it's just one guy there. Like, I don't care if you are like there, alone, young man. You're gonna come and pick this dog up. The whole time, Lady's in the basement. She's trying to find a way out, and she's going back to the door to the inside of the house. Like, let me out! Let me out! All right, so we got Jim Deer and Darling. Looks like they are on their way home. And they come upon the scene of a dog being escorted out of their house with the dog catcher. So like, what in the world? Of course, Aunt Sarah's got to throw in her two cents. If you want my advice, you'll destroy that animal at once. Like, nobody asked you for your advice. Zip it. So the guy's like, hey, don't worry, ma'am. We've been looking for this guy for a long time. And now that we got him, we are going to have a party. So they go over to the dog catcher uh, carriage and like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, oh, don't worry, mister. Just picking up a stray. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I caught him attacking a baby. They're like, oh, my God, my baby. And they run up to the house like, Aunt Sarah, what's been going on? Of course, now we get a little side commentary from Jack and Trusty, who live, like, right next door to Lady. 
And Jack is like, I was certain he was no good the moment I laid, first laid eyes on him, but I had no idea he'd go after a little defenseless baby. So Aunt Sarah is throwing out her version of the story, which she got there too late, so she's just making up what she thought she saw. Lady hears the voices, Jim Deere and Darling are home. She starts barking like crazy, scratching the door, let me out, let me out. I know the whole story, I can show you the evidence. Because I don't know about the rat. They threw the entire blame on Lady, and Jim Deere's like, well, Lady wouldn't do that. Lady right away is like, here. Come with me, I'll show you. She races up the stairs. And Aunt Sarah's like, watch out, that dog's loose, keep her away. It's like, it's... Oh, okay, I'm gonna stop, because I'm gonna go into a full-on schwitzy, uh, angry rant, and I've done plenty of that during this episode, so I'm gonna spare your ears. Jim is like, nonsense, she's trying to tell us something, shut up! Lady takes Jim right to where that rat was killed. And, of course, like, ah, a rat! Like, yeah, exactly. And Trusty and, uh, Jock are, like, right outside, and, like, they look at each other, like, a rat? What? And Jock right away jumps right on the, uh, the tramp bandwagon, like, we should have known. I mean, that doesn't seem like him. I mean, I know we only met him the one time, and, you know, he doesn't have the best honorable intentions with Lady, but still, I mean, he wouldn't hurt Baby. And even Trusty's like, yeah, I misjudged him, and he feels bad about it. Luckily for them, what they can do is try to stop that uh, that dog catcher carriage from getting to the dog pound. Did you know about Trusty's issue with his sense of smell, that he doesn't really have it? Of course, it's been raining, the streets are muddy, and he's... So that's probably going to cover up some of the scent. So Trusty's on the alert as he is running, and he is bellering his head off. It's like... Yep, he's going to get that horse. He's going to get Tramp out of there. I love little Jock trying to keep up with Trusty. Because, you know, Jock is just a small little Scotty dog. And Trusty is this massive bloodhound with legs that go on for days. Dog catcher is almost there. And, of course, they get, you know, distracted. They got to stop that horse. And Jock is, like, getting in between, you know, the horse's legs and everything. And... Trusty is, like, right in front of that. And mind you, the horse has blinders on, so it basically it cannot see what's going on. All it knows is it's hearing something right in its face, and it's freaking out. Oh, excuse me, it's two horses, not just one. And Jock is really lucky he didn't get, like, squished by that wheel, because he is right, like, in between the horse's legs and un- underneath the carriage, and oh my goodness. Of course... There's a God. I'm trying to control myself. There is a crowd of people. They see the dog catcher's carriage on its side. Jim and Lady are right behind the carriage. I'm gonna get control of the horse. Lady gets right up there and it's like, it's all right. We're gonna get you out, all right? Like, yeah, that's her baby daddy. You gotta get him out. And of course, their reunion is short-lived by some whimpering. <laughs> Lady gets down from the platform and just stops in her tracks as she witnesses the sight before her. And guys, it's not good. You see Trusty right under that wheel and and Jock is just looking on like, oh my friend, my friend. And he's nudging him like, wake up, wake up. 
and he's not responding. And you see Jock's eyes welling with tears and him just howling like, oh, just his sad howling just breaks my heart. Oh, but it's a happy time now because it's Christmas once again. Oh my goodness. Uh, it seems like we get Christmas, like, we get the first Christmas in the beginning. Then we get, like, we uh, see another, we don't see Christmas, but we see that another December has passed. So Lady's probably about two at this point. Oh, and we see Tramp, and he's got his license and color. Of course, we see the baby, and most likely just called Junior. And he's, like, putting a rail right in uh, Tramp's face. It's cute. Oh, and we see the puppies. Well, we see Scamp first. The puppies are unnamed. Of course, Scamp is, like, pulling on the baby's uh, pajama bottom there. <laughs> Granted, uh, Lady just takes him and puts him in with his sisters. So Jim is operating the camera, which is one of those old ones where you, like, squeeze a little pump thing. And I love how the puppies are just looking directly at the camera. So is Lady and Tra and the baby. It's like, uh, Darling is trying to distract the baby. Like, look over here. Look at this toy, baby. <laughs> and Jim's like, steady now. Hold it. And of course, <laughs> Scamp hops out of the little bed with his siblings and goes to run off. But luckily, Tramp has got his foot down on Scamp's just wait a hot second. Of course, the camera, <laughs> all that smoke, he's got to, like, open a window. Like, oh, my goodness, we don't want to set off the fire alarm. And as Jim, Dar uh, Jim Deere opens the window, he says, oh, darling, we have visitors. I love when Tramp jumps up and you see his little tail wagging. Of course, their walkway is covered completely in ice. Trusty's got a broken leg he's got his leg in his cast which is you know he's on the mend and of course jock is wearing an adorable red and green plaid christmas sweater oh jock is just like careful careful it's a wee bit slippery as soon as the word slippery is out of jock's mouth he's like all four limbs just splayed outward and Tramp runs to the door barking, and Jim Deere's like, oh, don't worry, boy, we'll let him in. Scamp is back to, like, pulling on the baby's uh, pajama bottom. Of course, Darling takes the baby, like, that, 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 nope, baby boy, you are going to take a nap. And I love how he treats them not like dogs, but by just like, hey, you're kind of part of the family. Welcome, welcome, neighbors. Come in, if you'll just step right into the parlor. <laughs> I'll see about the refreshments. He, he treats them like guests. Oh, that scamp is a handful. We definitely see that in the sequel, which I might cover that sometime on the podcast. Like I said, it's on Disney+, Plus, so may as well. So Aunt Sarah must have had a uh, change of attitude because she sent some dog biscuits. And I love, so they get to see, have a look at the puppies. And I like how Trusty just looks at the three Cocker Spaniels like, oh, no doubt about it. They've got their mother's eyes. And they're just, oh, they're so cute. 
And of course, John's like, I, but there's a bit of their father in them too, as we see. This scamp just loves to pull on stuff. And right now, he is unraveling Jock's Christmas sweater that his owner probably worked so hard on. And Jock notices uh, Tram's collar, like, well, and I see you finally acquired a collar. And Tram's like, oh, yes, of course, yep, and complete with license, too. And of course, Jock says, ah, yes, a new collar caught the scent the moment I came into the house. So, of course, <laughs> Lady takes Scamp and just puts him in an unwrapped like here you go just stay in here for a minute nope the second she puts him in and walks away he has tipped that box over and he is back at it again as he races past trusty and his three sisters <laughs> trusty's long ears just flapping as he zips right under scam zips right underneath him of course now he's talking about his highly sense of smell because you know he was able to track down uh the dog catcher's uh carriage and everything and of course <laughs> jock is like s- sitting there with lady and tramp and like oh there'll be no living with him now <laughs> he's gonna go on and on about that of course we get another as my old grandpappy old libel used to say you know i don't think i've ever mentioned old reliable before have i and they look at him and they're like no you haven't uncle trusty and he's like, oh, I haven't. Well, as old Reliable used to say, uh, uh, he'd say, uh, you know, I can't quite recollect what old Reliable used to say. <laughs> See, that's a joke. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I love how the puppies are wagging their tails so expectantly, like they're waiting to hear, like, oh, this great story about old Reliable. He's been telling us, telling it for you know, old reliable, we've heard about him, but we don't know anything about him because he never remembers the story. Like, that's the punchline. And the camera pulls back and we see the, you know, the dogs all laughing. Like, ah, old trusty. And the camera pulls back and we hear the song from the beginning of the movie. And it just, it, I love how it just bookends. It starts at Christmas, it ends at Christmas. And that's the movie. All right, I don't think I, uh mentioned this in the beginning uh on imdb lady and the tramp is a 7.3 out of 10 rating based on 113,595 ratings directed by clyde Giron Gironing, wilfred jackson and hamilton lusky l-u-s-k-e all right let's look at some names barbara luddy is lady larry roberts as tramp Peggy Lee as Cy slash Am and Darling, Bill Thompson as the voice of Jock slash Bull the Bull Terrier, Bill Bacham as Trusty, Verna Felton as Aunt Sarah, George Givot as Tony, Stan Freeberg as the Beaver, not, I mean, as Beaver, not the Beaver, like leave it to Beaver. <laughs> Lee Millar as Jim Deer. Alan Reed as Boris. Um, I see him in front of a, uh, I did the voice of Fred Flintstone. I like that. Okay, cool. All right, let's see what else uh, the woman, uh, Barbara Luddy, she passed away in 1979. Let's see what other Disney characters. Meriwether from Sleeping Beauty. Kanga from The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. 
see here. Robin Hood, Mother Church Mouse, I think. She did the voice of Rover in 100 101 Dalmatians. That might have been one of the puppies. Larry Roberts, who provided the voice of Tramp. Looks like he didn't really do really anything after that. That was pretty much it for him. All right, let's look at some connections where this may have been spoofed in other TV shows and movies. 102 Dalmatians, the movie that the dogs are watching when Chloe and Kevin go out for a date, is Lady and the Tramp. I know this was definitely referenced in the Simpsons episode 101 Greyhounds. Or was it 25 Greyhounds? One of them, anyway. Uh, where Santa's little helper and his girlfriend share a plate of spaghetti. Um, by share, I mean they fight over it. <laughs> Here's a goof here. Tram's color changes from brown slash tan to dark gray slash gray. In his first appearance at the railroad yard, at the rail yard, he is clearly a brown dog with tan belly. By the end of the movie, he is a dark gray dog. With a gray underbelly, he switches back and forth a couple times during the film. Lady's collar changes from blue to tan when Jack and Trusty find her outside after she thinks she has done wrong, causing Darlene, uh, Darlene to smack her for taking the yarn. Alright. So yeah, I just I wanted to cover this movie because, like I said, near and dear to my heart, I watch this movie as a child you know, as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, and just fell in love with it. And granted, um, I didn't own this one. I had rented it, and then I probably wouldn't have seen it again until probably when I owned it on DVD back in the um, mid-2000s when it eventually became available on DVD. Yeah, I'm surprised. I think this is just one that sometimes it was released, like, probably what late 80s or something and I just missed the boat on that one but yeah I would have liked if I had owned this I would have watched the heck out of it just like with the Little Mermaid just like with Beauty and the Beast and the Lion King and so on forth so I just thought it's like I said it starts at Christmas it ends at Christmas this is just a beautiful story to, to go through and I hope you guys enjoyed this review you know, if you want to listen to it while you're wrapping gifts, if you haven't done that already, like I haven't done, Quinny, I know we got a few minutes before your din-din time. I know, pretty girl. Oh, you want to play with that straw wrapper, don't you? No, you don't need this on a straw wrapper, <laughs> you goofy cat. <laughs> yeah, Quinn decided to make an appearance or a little after 3 o'clock. Now it's uh, going on 4.45, and she's going to be wanting her dinner soon, so... All right, have a great holiday next week, guys. Be safe on the roads. You know, if you have bad weather, give yourself plenty of time to get where you need to go. Don't be in a rush. Just immerse yourself and, you know, your family and friends and just the time just, yeah. So, all right, I still got to, you guys, honestly, you're going to be getting some more stuff before Christmas hits. Uh, I want to cover a Charlie Brown Christmas. 
I'd like to do Little House on the Prairie, uh, Christmas They Get Never Forgot from Season 8. I'd like to try to get uh, The Different Strokes Season 5 Christmas episode, along with The Simpsons, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Fuller House, Season 4 Oh My Santa. And I would like to do a Christmas episode from Boy Meets World. I think it's in one of the earlier seasons. So that more likely is going to wrap up the Christmas time. So, all right. Enjoy this review, everybody. And have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and any other, you know, holiday that you celebrate around this time or however you celebrate. Just have a great time. Bye-bye.